fancy artsy voice guy, and you're listening to episode 63 of Pop Culture Leftovers. This week, your hosts are joined by none other than the domesticated Dave. It's an episode filled with tomfoolery, 3D printers, dildos, and comic books. If you don't like comic books, then this show is not the show for you. No, it's not. I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't listen to it because there's going to be talk of comic books. But what's not to love about dildos? So, yes, sit back, enjoy, grab your favorite dildo, and listen to Pop Culture Leftovers. Episode 63. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, hate erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. All right. Hey, it's episode 63. Yeah. Saturday night. Saturday night. We're recording on a Saturday, Jake. This yeah. is like out of the norm. Why are we recording on a Saturday? Uh, we got we got shit going on. Yeah, shit. Uh, work schedules all messed up yeah. and, and whatnot. So it was yeah. just easiest to do it this way. Yeah, first world problems. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Exactly. We got them. Exactly. So, yeah, unfortunately with, uh, you know, us recording on Saturday night, Frank's got to watch his kid over the weekend, so he can't be here. Yeah. So Frank's not here. But we might have a bonus episode coming out on uh, Tuesday. Now, this episode's going to come out on Monday, but we are probably going to have a bonus, hopefully a bonus episode for everybody to listen to on Tuesday. Now, you're not going to be on the bonus episode. No, I will not be on the bonus episode, but yeah. That sucks. Yeah, it sucks. It does suck, but it's going to be me and Frank. So, like, this episode, me and you. Mm -hmm. Next episode, me and Frank. So Yeah, yeah. so there you go. A little bit goes a long way with both me and Frank, I think. How you feeling tonight, man? I'm feeling good. You're feeling good? Yeah, I got, I'm down to drink a iced coffee here and I'm on round two and ready to go. Good. Good deal. Uh, we're also joined, it's not just us though. It's not just us. We have somebody here in the studio. We do. We have somebody in the studio. Who do we have in the studio? I think we have a uh, domesticated Dave in the studio, don't we? Hola. How's everybody doing? Good, Dave. Good. Good, 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 good. I, I, I want to say a special shout out to everybody in the leftover army who's been uh, tweeting me lately uh i'm you know i've got that cosplay character the justice lamb that i'm always going to cons with and you guys have been sending me some really like aggressive tweets to me lately thank you that was it was good to hear from you all the justice lamb now what is that dj lamb oh gotcha gotcha oh the justice lamb i didn't know that was the name (laughs) 
I'm not, I'm not that guy. Don't worry. Is that, is that what it means? Is the Justice Lamb? I thought of that was like his actual name. Like he was Mr. Lamb. Yeah. Like, like Thomas Jane Lamb or something. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. No, I was just kidding. I was, oh. I was uh, insinuating that I was that guy. That shit went right over my head. Until <laughs> oh, I asked. Man, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to piece it together. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Now that, now that I know who he meant, I'm trying to remember right. what he said. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. I need to go back and listen to this. <laughs> I feel like such a fucking simpleton right now. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. So he was tweeting at you, the Justice Lamb? No, I was just implying that I was TJ Lamb. He was oh, saying that he was TJ gotcha. Lamb. Gotcha. I, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very passive aggressive. <laughs> All right. Hey, we do. Hey, hey, yeah. So last week we had the whole thing with TJ Lamb 0518, right? Yeah, we might as well bring that up, yeah, right? Bring yeah. it up. Might as well, you know? And so we had that whole fiasco. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, go ahead and listen just at the beginning. So yeah, we had a, uh, uh, we had a bad, not a, I don't know. It was a three star iTunes review. It was a three star, but there was a there was a it was laced with a lot of uh, a lot of animosity and uh, you know yeah it, yeah it was like it felt like it was the end like he had, he said that he would like he had been listening to us since episode twenty five all the way up to sixty one. Okay, okay. Yet I'm going to bring this up before I forget it. Yet when somebody brought up the whole wig thing, yeah. he had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah, so I think he I think he's cherry picking what episodes he's listening to. I think he's just cherry picking. Yeah, to be honest, I was wondering where Frank was from the get-go in, in that review. Like, he doesn't even bring Frank up. Like, it's like he's got bad stuff to say about me and you. He doesn't have yeah. nothing bad to say about Frank. I know. He wants to punch me in the mouth. And he does. Yeah. He, does. he can He can get. A, he can say whatever he wants to. Because, okay, yeah, let's get to this. All right. So, anyway, yeah, we had the whole episode. I told the Army if they want to visit his page and talk to him or whatever, they can. And yeah. what does the Army do? The Army doesn't let me down. No, they dug his ass up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that podcast was his, his his Twitter handle was really sleepy. He hadn't used it since 2013, right? Yeah, they no, they woke that fucking thing up. Yeah, they like brought Frankenstein to life. They yeah, like they tweeted did. at him until he couldn't help but respond. Yeah. So yeah, go army. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, thank you, army. I want to thank a few of the army members that did say. Th- some things. I think Kevin Sparenberg was one of them. Yeah, guys, there were so many. Anderson Aruda. Yeah. Uh, Finn Dietz Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, David Isaac. Tom West. Uh, Dan West. The Dan West was making the memes, right? Yeah, Dan West. <laughs> uh, t- Tom West was making some oh, really okay. damn good memes. Yeah. Tom West was killing it on the fucking memes. Love the memes, guys. The uh, oh my god, the one that he did with um. Uh, Austin Powers. <laughs> I don't know if I saw that one. He's like, uh, he's, somebody, somebody did a meme and then he put Austin Powers. He was like, more like br- bringing a lamb to the slaughter. <laughs> it was really hilarious. I, I'll have to post it on the page. It was that, it was that funny. But like, yeah, so like, we wake him up. We wake him up and like, like Anderson Aruda's attacking him. Really, really good. Really good too. <laughs> and so like he wakes up and then it's just like the whole army is just like, like after this guy, like swarm, swarm, swarm. Yeah. He came on to the Facebook page and started commenting on the Facebook post. And then yeah. that's when the, the army just descended on this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I posted that he was up. That he had gotten out of bed, rolled out of bed, and was saying shit, and blah, 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 blah. And the army is attacking him. Like, it's like in two universes, on Facebook and on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I was at work, and when I got off work, I, like, literally sat in the parking lot for five to ten minutes, like, just reading all that stuff on Facebook and Twitter. And was like, oh, my gosh, I got to stop reading this and get home. Yeah. <laughs> but I was blown away by all of it. Now, I think, okay, I think, like, you know when he called you a cohort? Yeah. His spelling was so fucking bad. 
in that first. Oh, he might have meant co-host. He might have meant co-host. Oh, because that's, it's that's only, an interesting I, yeah, theory. Yeah, I think that there was so many – it was laced with so many like horrible grammatical errors yeah. that that was just another one of them. And he just happened to be lucky that it was it was an R that was thrown in there. And, it, and and that formed a word. I think he meant cohort. He he defended the shit out of everything else he said, and everyone was attacking that, and he never – like he would have said that, I think. What's funny, though, is that he's updated the review. Oh, gotcha. He's <laughs> – I, I, the... Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, fuck, fuck. Yeah, shit. Uh, shit. So, so... I'm going to – one of these episodes, every time I say gotcha, I'm going to do a shot – so no he updated the review it's got an update on it and what he did with like the first half like the first he kept the original like review up but he changed all the all the spelling errors i didn't know you could do that he fixed edit your review like that on itunes you can you can you can go back in you can edit your uh like if you gave somebody a five star yeah and you feel oh they've been slipping Okay. They, they've been slipping a little bit. I'm going to give them like a three star or a two star or whatever. You can get back on there and you can change it. Okay. Okay. So he gets up, he gets on there and he updates it. So before he updates it and adds a few things, <laughs> he changes all the spelling errors. So those are fixed on that first half. But hey, the good thing is I took a snapshot of the original one. Nice. And I'm going to throw it up on our page for everybody to see what this fucking jackass, how, how, what, what a horrible speller he is. <laughs> so I got the original. So I'm going to throw it up on our Facebook page. I might even tweet it to him. Yeah, it's like, like, it's not going away, motherfucker. Yeah. It's like the swan. <laughs> You've taken this, like, <laughs> he, he made it look good. You know, that horrible thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Great reality show. That only lasted like one season, right? I don't know. Maybe one or two. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So his update. Apparently, upon reading the ho- apparently upon reading the hosts of this show felt it appropriate and mature to give out my Twitter handle. To should I read it like a baby? I like the way you're reading it. It was like, it was like, making me smile. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna keep going with this, with this tone and this inflection in my voice. Yeah, yeah. Bring it on. You. Go a little more with it. Okay, okay. Here we go. So, yeah, he goes on. Uh, apparently, upon reading the hosts of this show felt it appropriate and mature to give out my Twitter handle to their listeners <laughs> on their show. Now, given the, let's call it, quality of the tweets, I'm going out on a limb and say they did not take my critique well at all. Of course, one could say that responding to a mediocre review, it is three stars – it's not like one star, I one starred them. With what Opie and Anthony used to call a pest attack only proves every point I made. I'm not changing the star rating because I think there is a lot to like about the show. But it's evident to that to the hosts, anything less than total adoration is an insult of the highest order. Oh my gosh, that's my favorite part at the end. Right, right. Yeah, it's the only part he got right, right, right? Yeah. Unless they totally love us. Yeah, exactly. We're out of here. Yeah, unless you're making, like, uh, you know, gold statues in our image and worship, worshiping them on, like, weekends and shit. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we don't appreciate any critiquing at all. It just drives us insane. Dude, we've had one-star ratings on fucking uh, 
uh, iTunes. And have I gotten on here and like griped about those? No. Hell no, I haven't. I've griped about two iTunes ratings before. <laughs> I griped about a four star rating that we got one time. I like, for three stars, he's willing to punch you in the face. I mean, what, <laughs> what would he be willing to do if he gave you one star? Oh my gosh, he'd probably he'd curb check your ass. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Uh, I think he just destroyed his own credibility when he compared good comedy to Opie and Andy. So. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And he called all our listeners' tweets immature, too. Yeah, he did. What a jerk log. What a douche. I hope he got <laughs> called into like his boss's office the day after that all started because his phone wouldn't stop blowing up the whole time in his pocket. With all the notifications for all the tweets and posts, <laughs> that would be amazing. That's it's saying a lot. If this guy has a job or not, we don't know. So yeah, all right. Well, yeah. you think that'll be to be continued? You think we've heard the last of the Justice Lamb? Uh, you know, okay. So the thing is, it's like, um, and and he kept saying that I put out the word to the army to attack him. Did I ever on the last podcast? Did I ever tell the army to attack him? No, no. I did light the uh, leftover army spotlight in the sky, though. What's that? I lit the the bats the the leftover, the leftover signal. signal. Oh yeah. <laughs> so my bad on that, I guess. Yeah, but you know, it was fun. I think the army got a kick out of it too. <laughs> it was interactive for them. And, you know, I think, like, like uh, it was Tom West and uh, David Isaac that were basically saying, like, what's pretentious about these guys? Yeah. Give us an example. And, like, he got on his soapbox and was like, uh, you know, uh, uh, you're not going to bait me into this whole thing. I'm not going to go back and listen to old episodes and, like, point out at this point and this point and this point they were pretentious and blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I bowed out. And then he deleted all of his Facebook messages. Oh, I hate when people do that. Yeah. That drives me crazy. Right. So it looked like we were all just you talking We're just to a ourselves. bunch of maniacs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just going nuts. And also, it's not like he had to use his Twitter handle as the way to identify himself. Like, does he not understand the concept of Twitter? Like, that's what it's all about. Random people being able to talk to you. God forbid you not be anonymous. God forbid you have to stand behind what you threaten. Right. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, it's like he, it's like, it's like, and I kept telling him throughout the whole thing. It's like, dude, I don't want you to change your star rating. I don't want you to like us. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to get, I'm not trying to turn you around and say like, we don't deserve the criticism or whatever. You know, I'm saying like, whatever. I just have, there's a few things that in that, in that thing that like rubbed me the wrong way. You know, number one saying like, you know, pointing out like you saying gotcha and like, <laughs> and then, and then one to me being opinionated. This whole so, time I'm thinking, don't say gotcha. Don't say gotcha. <laughs> it's your show. You can, say, you can say whatever the hell you want to. All right. You guys ready for some emails? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Yeah. Let's, I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping the whole thing's dead. I hope it's dead too. Yeah. So. Again, we are not sending out the attack dogs here. No, yeah, we're not sicking them on, on <laughs> TJ Lamb. Oh, Frank wouldn't let go. Frank? Frank, yeah. I didn't oh see. Oh my god, dude. Okay, like all the, all the shit fucking like stopped at like five o'clock or six o'clock, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, it's like 1030 at night. It's like 1030 <laughs> at night. Frank is still tweeting this guy <laughs> and like still saying shit. And I'm like, I'm like, so I finally just text Frank and I'm like, Frank, let it go. Frank, <laughs> Frank reminded me of like Edward Norton in Fight Club beating the shit out of Jared Leto at, in, you know, in that one scene yeah. where he just, oh, keeps, yeah. he keeps punching 
punching him, and he it, it, the, the match is over, the fight's over, and Frank is just beating like a like a pile of meat, uh, like on the floor at this point. And I, I finally text Frank. I'm like, Frank, let it go. This guy bowed out like four hours ago. Frank's like, Oh, I didn't check the time tags. <laughs> just like, gosh, it's like 10:30 at night, and Frank's still like going off on this guy. Loyalty, man. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just loyalty. Yeah, Frank was harder on him than I was. I don't. I didn't tweet at this guy one time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I wasn't gonna give him the satisfaction of seeing anything from my personal account. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We're very proud of you all. Did Good people job. did people tag you in it though? A couple times. Did they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I uh, got an email uh, this week from uh, Diego Ortegon. Uh, I hope I pronounced that name right. I hate it when I pronounce him wrong. Yeah. If we got a nickel for every name we pronounce wrong, we'd, <laughs> we'd quit podcasting. <laughs> We'd be millionaires. Yeah. He says, hey, PCL crew, I'm in the middle of listening to episode 62, and the intro was awesome. Get that ringtone out on iTunes. But seriously. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but seriously, I know everyone is entitled to their opinions, but screw that jerk that blasted you on iTunes <laughs> regarding your comp your uh, competency as hosts. I like the casual atmosphere that comes through when you, be, uh, when you break out the band weekly. Gotchas and F-bombs is how PCL rolls. <laughs> what the what the f does Mr. Negativity iTunes reviewer know? You guys give the PCL army four to five hours of awesomeness wrapped up in geekdom that most of us can relate to. You have the cojones to do something you truly enjoy and are sharing it with the podcast universe. So don't change anything up. Give us the hammer drops, the diverse and informational reviews, and the news that is gangster as fuck, yo. Keep on bringing the cool and entertaining to everyone. Oral, uh, yeah, uh, keep on bringing the cool and entertaining to everyone's oral delight. Yours truly, Diego Ortegon, hoping to be drafted in the PCL Army. So, thank you, Diego. I thought we were done talking about that guy, and I forgot about Diego's, you know, like, <laughs> we're still, like, going off on this guy. <laughs> yeah, that was a great email. All right, let's move, let's move on from this guy. I think, that, I think that's a good show title right there. Gotcha and F-bombs are how PCL rolls. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, gotchas and F-bombs, definitely. All right, Ev, uh, Evan, moving on. Evan Shelton. Hi, guys. My name is Elv Evan Shelton from Riverside, California. This is my first time trying to contact you guys in any way, but I've been listening for almost six months now, and I enjoy listening to your show so much that I've gone back and listened to most of uh, to most, if not all, of your old shows. First off, I remember you guys talking about how you wish you could listen to podcasts during work, but you can't wear headphones. I have the same problem. The company I work for makes metal cutting machines, and I install them at companies all over the U.S. There is no way I could get away with wearing headphones. It would just be it just wouldn't be professional. Instead, I went and bought a Bluetooth earpiece, and I use it to listen to podcasts all day long. Besides walking around looking like a douchebag, it is the perfect solution. I have never been told to stop wearing the earpiece, and if anything, I think it might make me look slightly more professional. <laughs> I hope that helps you guys out. It definitely makes my workdays much more enjoyable. Secondly, I really like your rating system. It is very clever, and I even find myself tossing shit left and right. Yeah. But I personally don't like hearing a high-taste-it and a low-taste-it. It is not really a big deal, but every time I hear that, I think to myself, why don't they just add a new category? You could add 
a smell it category. (laughs) (laughs) So now it would be toss it, smell it, taste it, and Tupperware. I personally just don't – I personally don't just open up some old-ass food, start tasting it. I always smell that shit first. It it is just a thought. (laughs) Anyways, keep up the good work. You guys are awesome. Evan Shelton. P.S. Feel free to use this email for the show if you want. Now, you know, okay. He, oh, good Good thing you wrote that. <laughs> I read half of these anyway. Nobody tells me. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. Um, but, you know, he, he I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, the the Bluetooth heads, headpiece. Yeah, could, that's, could a, you, gr- that's could, a great suggestion. Could you, could you do it, Jake? I couldn't get away with that either. Really? Yeah, they, they, they would ask what that was for, and I would have no logical answer I could give. That they would be cool with, you know. Dave came in here with a fucking Bluetooth headset on while he walked in the goddamn room. So you, pr- no, I'm, I'm fucking. You didn't with portable hotspot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dave even had a cell phone holster. Oh really? I didn't no, see that. No, no. <laughs> Fully loaded. Nice. Uh, the only people that wear like cell phone holsters are guys that are on LinkedIn and shit. So. Yeah, I appreciate the help though. Every. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I load in through the back of the coolers, like all the milk and the eggs and the creamers and a lot of stuff that actually uh-huh. I stock through the back. And a lot of times I'll sneak my one headphone into my ear yeah. when I've got my jacket on and I'm in the cooler doing that for like an hour. What if they made, what if they made a Bluetooth headset that looked like a, um, like a, uh, what, 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 I can't even think of the fucking word now. A hearing aid? A hearing aid. Thank you. Yeah. I, I'd like be, a bell tone. I'd be all about that. I, I'd, I'd be willing to have that shit installed into my brain. Like give me, give me an iPod in my head. And yeah, really? yeah, give you me the go, controls on my wrist. You want to go cyborg? I'll be the Johnny Mnemonic see, hey, of iPod people. Did you see the guy that had the iPod Nano? Like installed into his arm. Yeah, that that's that sounds awesome. No, it's really creepy. <laughs> like I can understand like somebody like you know like digging a hole out in their wall, cutting a hole out in their wall, and like setting the TV back in there so it's like flush with the wall and shit. Yeah, but like doing that with your fucking arm, <laughs> it's a little creepy. That's it's a little creepy, right? But I mean, yeah, I as soon as we can get the technology to where I can have my streaming music and podcast just installed into my body, let's do it. What about Google Glass? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think that's enough for Jake. I, I, I think still can't like barcode yeah. my forehead. Yeah, that's. I am like. <laughs> I am like that. Barcode me up. So, you want something in your body? Yeah, let's do it. Like how? No, how would they get it in there? Are you like uh, surgery? That, I don't know. Whatever. However, science works. I'm just talking super science fiction right now. Yeah, I'm not having anybody like drill a hole in my fucking head and like. Oh, okay, we're gonna put this uh, fucking. Uh, if, I, if, yeah. I'll let him drill a hole in my head if it gives me online streaming music in there and Uh, and podcasts. I would only do it if every time I go to run, it makes the like six million dollar man sound. You could have it do whatever you wanted. I I would totally do that. Have you guys this? This is a little bit on subject, but have you seen Johnny Mnemonic anytime recently? Not recently. I remember like last time I watched it was on VHS when they had. Do you remember the? It was an orange VHS. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> the, the, the I tape do. Was actually it was orange. like super neon bright fucking right, orange right. too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if, it's hilarious if you see it now because he gets like the surgery in his head. Yeah, and they do all that and they put a gig in his head. It's a fucking gig. One gig. Yeah, and they act like it's like, oh my god, he's well, he's the man of the future. That's hilarious. Like watching, <laughs> like watching those old movies and shit. Like where like they have like the technology. Like if you watch like Hackers, yeah, they're like this thing's got an Intel Pentium 
two processor. Oh, and that's like, a great one too. Yeah, and like they're talking about like this amazing laptop <laughs> computer, and like by today's standards, it's like a fucking joke. <laughs> well, I like I mean? how the hackers are always like going into like these visualized tunnels and running into skulls and traps like they're actually running through a maze. That's yeah. my favorite part of it. They yeah. even did that in Weird Science back in like 84 when he hacks into the, the power source computer. Yeah. And, it, and he's like literally like diving through tunnels. It's yeah. because people are so naive as to what computers could do and like what the future of computers was. People were so fucking naive back then. They did anything. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like it's like what's virtual reality? We don't know. Let's just make some shit up. Star Trek was pretty on point. They were. Well, a lot of, like, technology actually came out of Star Trek. Yeah, with all the handheld devices and that right. kind of stuff. And right. just being able to type into your device what, you know, they basically had Google back in the Star Trek, the original yeah. series, you know? Yeah. So 3D printers. Yeah. That's, that's, that was theorized on Star Trek. Yeah. Okay, guys. So 3D printers, like, the printers themselves are, like, really expensive as hell, hell right now, mm-hmm. right? So, like, when the technology, when the, like, when the, like, the price of the technology comes down, like, how are they going to get you on this, dude? I'm thinking it's the, the material. They're going to kill, like, like, print, like, cartridges, like, printer cartridges. That's where they get you is the cartridges. Oh yeah, like the even like modern printers, the like color printers yeah. and shit like that. The cartridges yeah. are so well, expensive. Thing, that too, and then I also think like companies are going to make a killing on this stuff because like okay, let's say like uh, you know oh my fridge broke down and I need this part for the back of my refrigerator. So now I got to like contact like Whirlpool, their three D printing department, and so like Whirlpool is going to charge me like this charge to like print that part in my home and then install it myself but there's going to be a charge on top of it not only do i have to pay for the material but now i also got to pay for that part and i'm still paying for the part through them you know what i mean yeah so you're you're theorizing that it's just going to get more expensive because of this yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely the only the only people that are going to be making a killing on this stuff is somebody (laughs) that buys it and is like oh i'm going to make like uh i can make i can turn dave domesticated dave i can i can turn you into an action figure and sell it. You know what I mean? I don't think it would sell very well. Dude, I'm telling you, I'd buy a domesticated Dave action yeah. figure. <laughs> Anytime I got pissed off. I was going to say. <laughs> it'd be like a stress ball. I would, I would be ringing that motherfucker out. Can God I, damn it, Dave. Can I get like an in, like inappropriate like uh, accessories, like a big double-bladed axe? And like, yeah. You know, just stuff that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah why not? Right. Exactly. Um, my buddy Drew uh-huh. recently got fired, who is also a listener of your show, uh-huh. uh, for printing up minifigs for his D&D campaign on the company 3D printer. Oh, no shit. <laughs> how many did he How did he print out? Do you Twelve. Know? Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, did you get into the double digits? He's like, fuck yeah, I did. Twelve of them. I'm like... I'm proud of you. That's like amazing nerd geek cred right yeah. there. Yeah. He got fired specifically for that. For that. Oh. Misappropriation of company uh, property. Nice. <laughs> You'll have that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I think think about all the things that you could print out at home though. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, like you don't ever have to go to the adult store anymore. You can print your dildos right there in the privacy of your own home. You know what I mean? Change it up anytime you want. Right. I've got like a I've got a whole wall of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where'd you get those? I made them. <laughs> or you just or you know you can just destroy them after each use do a brand new one every time. You know what? I'm going to you know what? I'm going to I'm going to start I I'm going to go into business and I am going to start printing off like my own adult Home, like dildos and like everything 
like anything. And instead of, I'm going to sell them online. <laughs> I'm going to sell them online and I'm going to start a website. Instead of it being called Etsy, it's going to be called Wetsy. Oh, jeez. And that's what I'm going to do. We're going to make a killing. <laughs> oh, I get to be part of this? You're, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Dave, I'm, I'm are, down. You, are you in? Is that what you meant by the domesticated Dave action figure? <laughs> it's gonna be. It's, it's gonna not be, gonna be that kind of action figure. It, yeah, it, it'll be a functional dildo. As well. Yeah, <laughs> model it. I love it. Right. <laughs> All right. Oh man, this show's gone off the rails. I like it when it goes off the rails. I like it. You I like all, it too. All, this show's going off the rails. I, I like it's it. It's like let's keep it off the rails. Bro. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Well, it's not a bad thing good. when I say that. Okay. Good. I, all right. Off the rails. Is, I like it too. Okay. Cool. But I'm just pointing out that it, it has a little bit. <laughs> We've gone from the email about the Bluetooth headset to talking about <laughs> me printing dildos out in my, in my home. Yeah. <laughs> I think we went like five, four or five different topics after yeah. just, after just that. Right. right. It, it would definitely make for an interesting Brian stating disaster segment. Uh, she stumbled into the dildo room. Right. <laughs> That's why you got to destroy those after each use. <laughs> Depends on who I'm taking home too. She might be into it you never know yeah there you go um okay so <laughs> nothing makes an icebreaker is like a dildo right right, right. you can't, don't go in that room <laughs> trust me don't go in that room Timmy, no. five minutes later she's inserting domesticated dave inside <laughs> <laughs> and then I, when I have to meet her, it's really awkward. It's very awkward. Yeah, no kidding. It's good to put a face with that. She's, she's trying to sit on your fucking head. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, no, the, the second part of that question was... Uh, oh, the email again. Yeah. No, the second part of that email, he was talking about, like, the uh, low-tasted and high-tasted. Oh, yeah. He, he doesn't like that. Sometimes I complain about that, too. But I'm a big old hypocrite because I complain about it and then I do it. Do you remember the inspiration for that, though? Let, hey, let's peel back the curtain a little bit, okay? Yeah. Remember the inspiration for that? No, you don't. Do you? The, the actual whole rating system or the okay. lows and the highs? The lows and the highs. You remember the inspiration for that, right? Uh, not... Completely. I probably will when you start bringing it up. Me and you, we were big time listeners of the podcast Comic Geek Speak. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You want to explain? <sighs> I'm, I'm still drawing a blank. All right, I'll explain. So we were big po- fans of the Comic Geek Speak, and I haven't listened to it in a while. But we used to listen to Comic Geek Speak all the time. Oh, I remember their system now. And now they've got a system where they have – Buy, low- borrow, and pants. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and then they had like – they would have like a low buy – or a high buy. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? That is where that, that is where that kind of talk so that, comes from. So it's, it's, we pay homage to them because like they're one of the inspirations for the podcast. Yeah. And I remember when, just when we made the thing, we, we purposely wanted it to be three tires. We thought that was a good system yeah. to where it wasn't all like confusing and everything. Right. And we still right. talk about like, on the one to a hundred scale every now and again and, yeah. and do stuff like that and everything. Right. I like to say that kind of stuff sometimes. Right. Like where it's, it's like a 75 kind of yeah. thing out yeah. of a hundred. At least we don't have a fucking bottle cap rating. <laughs> oh, snap, dude. No, talk to us about your bottle cap rating. We're, we're retooling things right now. <laughs> what's the, mo- what's the most bottle caps I can have? <laughs> you can have five bottle caps. That's not bad. I like that. I like that. Much like a star. That's nice. Yeah. No, I have no problem with the bottle cap rating. I was just giving you some shit, Dave, because you're here. Dante and I have been talking about 
Lots of improvement for the new show. And Dante, thank you for all your uh, all your thoughts. You want to talk about opinionated? <laughs> Fucking Dante. That's, that's the way we like it. Hey, I tried to get Dante to be on the show with us tonight. Oh, yeah, he couldn't do it? He couldn't do it. He's in Disneyland. Oh, gee. Yeah, he's got a rough life, huh? Yeah, that is rough. Yeah. What's going on in Disneyland right now? Uh, no, land's in California. Disneyland's in California. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I wonder if they got some like Halloween stuff going on. I would love to be in Universal Studios right now for Halloween. Oh yeah, with all the Harry Potter shit. And they got a Bill and Ted thing going on. Right oh now, yeah, too. I heard about yeah. that. I've heard people are going nuts for that shit. We're too. gonna talk about Bill and Ted three a little bit later. All right. So yeah, stick around or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> we gotta yeah. we gotta check out Dante's Instagram account and see if he's got like him staying in the, like the princess suite in the castle or something. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Oh, man, I, I neglect my Instagram. It's like the redheaded stepchild of social media for me. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. It's a it's a big thing though. It's it is big. I, sometimes I'm like, oh, I got to get on this Instagram more, but yeah. it's like, uh. I guess unless you're like a hot girl, yeah, Instagram. You know what I mean? Hot girls always taking pictures of themselves. Yeah, but like you know, that's like it, that's Instagram to me. Yeah, selfies, and, selfies. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't think of enough interesting pictures throughout the week to have an Instagram account or be good at that. Yeah, so. All right. Matt Smith. Yeah. Sends us an email. Doctor who? Not the doctor. Oh. Matt Smith, the leftover army member. Hey guys, Matt Smith writing in again with the news of Marvel heading toward a civil war. Do you think Marvel will finally get Spider-Man back? Sony as a whole isn't doing well. And personally, I don't know how you do a civil war without Spider-Man. Also, what do you guys make of the report that Will Smith and Tom Hardy are close to signing on to Suicide Squad with Margot Robbie likely? I personally think that is fucking Tupperware. Margot Robbie would make a fantastic Harley Quinn if they go that route. Or if those actors don't work out, they could have Liam Neeson fill in for everybody. (laughs) Anyway, can't wait to hear your thoughts. Now, Matt, these are great questions, and the email itself is kind of a teaser of uh, things that we're going to be talking about this episode. So stay tuned, and we're going to get to all that later when we do that news. But I wanted to read that here so everybody knows that, yeah, we are going to be talking about the fucking the huge DC news. Yeah, my eyes up. bugged out while you were reading that email. I was yeah, like, whoa, there's some can of worms yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah it's, a little, it's a little early, right? Yeah. We're going to yeah. be talking about it later, but it's a teaser. Guys, we're going to be talking about Marvel. We're going to be talking about Civil War. We're going to be talking about the DC news that dropped. So stick around because that shit, shit's pretty awesome. You guys ready for some good pop, bad pop? Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys. You know, I, I am I ready for good pop, bad pop? Apparently I'm not. Now I'm ready. <laughs> It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that we either watched or read that we liked or disliked. Now, we do have a rating system here at Pop Culture Leftovers, and we did – we kind of touched on it, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, that whole thing was about it. It's three tires, but we cheat it. Yeah. Uh, if it's, if this is your first time listening to the show, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Hey guys, real quick before we jump into this whole good pop, bad pop shit. Right? Yeah. You notice how I didn't have a Brian's dating disasters this week? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna let it accumulate. It's one of the. I'm gonna let it, uh, next week. I'm gonna have more. Gotcha. I got a date on Tuesday. There you go. So I'm gonna let it accumulate. There have been some updates, 
but I'm gonna I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna let it accumulate, and I'm gonna have like a big like whole segment for everybody. Nice. Yeah, because you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to break it up. Eventually, you need to put all these segments together as one big thing and sell that package. Yeah, yeah, we might do that. We might do that. So yeah. All right. So, um, any of you guys uh, excited to see uh, Birdman with uh, Michael Keaton? I am excited to see it. You're excited to see it, yeah. Dave? Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm a huge Michael Keaton fan, and I've missed him exceedingly. I loved his answer when they asked him about why he didn't do Batman Forever, and he said because the script sucked. Like, Good for him. You know, I, I, I love Michael Keaton, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw that stuff too. Like. Didn't he? They said he turned down like a bunch of money too. Was it like fifteen million? Am oh, I yeah. crazy about that? No, you're absolutely right. He was like, "Ah, oh, the script is shit, so I'm not doing it for fifteen mil." Yeah. Well, so, does anybody know? Like, why did Tim Burton not come back for that? Was he engaged in something else, or was it like, "I'm done with, I'm done with I, that"? I think he's done with that. I don't. What other movies has Tim Burton done sequels to besides Batman? Is there any? Am I crazy thinking that Tim Burton really doesn't do too many sequels? No, I, I I can't think of any at the moment. They're, they're, uh, and they're still trying to sign him on to do Beetlejuice too. Right. I mean, yeah. he, he hasn't committed. Michael Keaton said he'll come back, but he hasn't committed. Um, yeah, yeah I, I can't think of anything. Yeah, me neither. I'm excited to see Birdman though. It's a huge cast too, not just Keaton, right? No, it's got yeah. Norton and uh, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, uh, Emma Stone, Emma Stone, Naomi yeah. Watts. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it's about a washed-up actor who once played an iconic superhero. He must overcome his ego and family trouble as he mounts a Broadway play in a bid to reclaim his past glory. And I, I think it looks great. It's out now. It's in limited cities. It's not here. I looked all over. I mean, I looked everywhere. I looked Peoria. I looked Springfield. I looked Champaign. Champaign, the art theater. I'm thinking, oh, they're going to play it. Yeah. It's not even at the art theater. Yeah. I, it's going to have a bigger release, though, right? Like you said. I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping it has a bigger release. Yeah. Now, is it... It has a great trailer, but is it based off of the Hanna-Barbera property in any way? Har- oh, uh, Harvey Birdman? Yeah. No, I, th- I think I think what it has to do with is basically him being Batman. Yeah. You know what I well, mean? Well, I get all that, but did they actually, like, are they actually using the rights of that character to establish that premise? I have not heard. Okay. I, 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 I you know, I thought about it for a second, but I have not heard that. You got something wrong with your headphones? Jiggle them. Jiggle you it. You good? Just right. a little well, these, bit. These cohort headphones just start uh, doing <laughs> Cohort <that>. headphones. <laughs> cohort headphones. No, you got you to see these headphones that Brian wears. They're space age amazing. And we, we get to jiggle them once. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There's this whole thing when I came in. Like, I picked up the, the, uh, the 1000s. And I was like, no, these aren't the 3000s. I wear the 3000s in this house, Dave. <laughs> All right? You fucking cohorts can wear your 1000s. Everybody knows who the alpha dog is, brother. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and then in this uh, article about asking Tim Burton about directing the sequel to his um, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. He said, I, I am not a fan of revisiting previous art. Batman taught me that. Yeah. Interesting. That is interesting. Okay. So we can expect a different director if they ever do make Beetlejuice 2. Is, yeah, sounds that way. But uh, guys, I, I personally would like to see them reunited. Um, Keaton will talk him into it. 
I hope so. Oh, yeah. I hope so. I can't see Keaton even giving a shit unless he gets to do it with Burton. Right. Exactly. That's He's going to be like, come on. You know you want to do this. Come on. All right. So Minota Ryder said she's going to come back. What? I'm talk- I was going to talk about Birdman. Now we're talking about fucking Beetlejuice, but I love it. We're off the rails again, right? Yeah. Let's do it. So off anyway, the rails. Off the rails like a crazy train. Now, <laughs> now choo-choo, motherfucker. People, of course, I had to say that. Anyway. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Damn it. You're supposed to say fuck, Dave. Oh, fuck. There you go. No. Oh, but okay, so like okay, Beetlejuice two. What? Do you, what's it about? What, okay, what's it about? Winona Ryder says she's going to come back. Okay, she said she would come back and do it. Now the thing is, like, uh, would you would you guys want to see like Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis come back, or or and and do we get more Beetlejuice? Okay, Beetlejuice is in Beetlejuice. They break it up so masterfully that he is only in the movie. Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice, seventeen minutes throughout that entire film do you want to see more beetlejuice or do you want him to keep it true to form 17 maybe 20 minutes of michael keaton in this bad boy and see what they can do yeah it's hard to i feel like they're gonna have more like i'd rather they not but i feel like it'll be impossible for them not to if tim burton directs it i bet they keep it spaced out yeah yeah there'll be a ton of them but see, the thing is, okay, do you bring back Alec Baldwin or do you have like a new lead in there? Somebody else, somebody else has died. Maybe, maybe Wendy has died. Hmm. My favorite actor in that show is, um, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. She's the breakaway star to me. Like, oh, she's so great. She was great. So what's your, what's your story? What's your plot idea? How does it go? How do we, how does Beetlejuice resurface? Is he back for, the child of the original uh, Winona Ryder's character. That seems the easiest way it, to that's go. That's the easiest way to go. I, I, yeah, that's the coming e- up with an idea. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah. Where do you go? Like, yeah, that's like, yeah, a generation thing. Yeah, and then you can cut out all those actors that way too. So mm-hmm. that that's what makes it even better. So yeah, I don't. I we don't need Beetlejuice too, right? But de- but if you're gonna keep one, Delia is a good one to keep. Like if you're gonna keep one from that generation and the most likely one they could probably get. Yeah. You know. Her stepmom, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like she'd be the best one. Right. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit of a Beetlejuice two hater. Nah, like I don't want it to happen. See, that's the thing. Like, if they have a good script in place, I wanna see more Beetlejuice, dude. Like if if I can get some more Beetlejuice but see the thing is like the problem with every fucking sequel is, are we going to get those quotable lines? Yeah. I'm the ghost with the most, babe. You know yeah. what I mean? Are we going to get that? No, you're not going to get that. You're going to hear it again. It's not going to live up to, like, the first movie. Yeah, it'll be sequelitis it'll big be time. sequelitis. Yeah. It's, like, I mean, in a perfect world, I want to see more Beetlejuice. But I, I really yeah. don't think, like, they're ever going to give us, like, anything that's going to feel satisfactory. What if, what if you flipped it around and he came back for Winona Ryder to take him to take her you know maybe she's dying I don't know and mm-hmm. he takes her more into his world so you you get more of him but you also get brand new interesting characters that have been floating around in Tim Burton's head since he did Alice in Wonderland and he wasn't able to add him in because of the source material yeah so that it's like a Winona Ryder Michael Keaton road movie at that yeah, point essentially like whatever <laughs> weird dimensional stuff that Tim Burton decides to pluck out of his head. I like it. Yeah. yeah. It's be- not not a bad idea. Okay, guys. Uh, let's say we can't get Tim Burton to do it. 
I am going to say on the record, like, okay, they've already said Max Landis is not going to do Ghostbusters. We loved his fucking Ghostbusters script. Yeah, the and origin of Slimer stuff and then it. tying into all the original gods and yeah. everything. I'm saying let's, let's let Max Landis have a crack at Beetlejuice 2. Max Landis is a great writer. I think so. So... Yeah, we're going to talk about Birdman. I just, um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Recently, at the New York Film Festival's premiere of the film of Birdman, Zach Galifianakis, who plays Keaton's best friend in the film, who counsels him and soothes his ego repeatedly as the old, old movie star gears up for his Broadway debut, Galifianakis was speaking with THR and he said this, and I, I'm going to read this quote that Galifianakis said. I want you guys to tell me if you... If, if, if you think Galifianakis said this for real, like serious, or if like, was, is this just Galifianakis joking around? All right. Here's this quote. Being a celebrity is shit. It's dumb and I'm not interested in it. I like to be an actor and that's it. The blurred lines are, I think, man-made. I think celebrity is a man-made thing. It's not innate in us. We have people telling us we should pay attention to these people for all the wrong reasons, their personal lives and whatnot. I'd rather just do my work and go home and watch Lifetime. Yeah, says the guy who I constantly have to see how much like weight he's lost. Oh yeah, right. They've been throwing that up. Yeah, yeah. I he he probably means it a little bit. Yeah, I think he's exaggerating how he feels, but I bet those feelings are still like in him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he seems like a real down to earth kind of guy. Yeah, and doesn't like all the paparazzi and celebrity kind of stuff. So he's he just wants to punch the clock, go to work, and then go home and like be left out of like the paparazzi and all that TMZ bullshit. Yeah, I can see that loving it's loving the art of acting, but not loving the art of being on the cover of People magazine. Right, right. So he's like the anti Kardashian. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I bet he's being sincere, but exaggerating a little bit. You know, I didn't know if this was like, uh, you know, like, uh, like kind of like a stunt. You know, like Andy Kaufman back in the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Zach Galifianakis is kind of like, you know, him and Jim Carrey are kind of like the closest things to like an Andy Kaufman, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, good call. So I was thinking maybe like he's just saying this because, you know, the movie kind of like uh, exemplifies this whole thing. Like, you know. This guy was a celebrity at one time and he's chasing the celebrity. You know what I mean? He's, he's chasing that dream again. You know, he was on top. He got knocked down and he's chasing that again. So I thought maybe Zach Galifianakis just said this statement to kind of like tie into the movie and then maybe get the movie some more publicity. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Kind of tying in to the movie a little bit of a meta statement. Right, right. So tying his real life experiences into the, Kind of the metaphor of the movie. True. It makes okay. sense. So you think that it's a mix of both. Like he does mean it. And, yeah. And then it does tie into the movie well. Yeah. Ex- yeah now that you brought that up, I yeah. don't think it was an accident. Right. right. But yeah. What do you think of Domesticated Dave? <laughs> You're over there just I, like in your own little world. No, I, I think uh, Zach Galifianakis is kind of a genius. And he yeah. definitely is the uh, – as – uh, Richard Pryor is to Chris Rock, so is Andy Kaufman to Zach Galifianakis. So yeah. I, I, I think it would be interesting to find out how many handlers uh, uh, Zach Galifianakis has, and that would tell you how much candor there was in that statement, and how if it was just him kind of playing around with whoever he was answering questions to, or if he was genuinely like just venting. Right. Right. It, it's too bad there's no good money in stand-up these days. And, like, you know, he, Zach, I think Zach's great, too, but I mean, he's still in dud movies. Like, he's still in bad comedies here and there. 
it's too bad like the money isn't there where he could do an hour special for HBO or Showtime yeah and do a 6 month comedy tour cuz to me that's where he really shines is with the stand up act yeah i like him uh i don't know i like him on the tim and eric shit too yeah you know and uh yeah if you're not watching on adult swim have you been watching the tim and eric's uh bedtime, bedtime stories? stories fucking great uh, Bob Odenkirk was on a few weeks ago, and uh, Zach Galifianakis did uh, a couple episodes ago. It's good shit, man. Check it out if you're a fan of, you know, Tim Heidecker and uh, Eric Wareheim. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of Tim and Eric. Dude, it's, I love it. It's my. I, and I can. I already know it's not yeah, your. It's not yeah. your bag, but dude, I fucking love that comedy. I think it's great. My favorite one is still the one with the where he's got the the kid singing to him all the time. That's that's definitely my favorite one so far. Yeah. Um, Last uh, no, it was two weeks ago. It was the the guys. It was uh, Tim, Tim, Eric, and Zach Galifianakis, and they were guys that lived in a men's restroom. <laughs> they lived in a men's restroom. It was it was absolutely phenomenal. So, so I might have a new favorite, is what you're saying. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, last year for Record Store Day, there was a limited edition Ghostbusters LP that was released that was, uh, it was a green vinyl record mm-hmm. that would glow in the dark. Harmon got one, didn't he? Harmon got one, yeah. 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 Um, now, if you want to, if you want, you can pre-order a limited edition Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man LP from GhostbustersStore.com. Here are the details. The Traveler has come. Legacy Recording celebrates the 30th anniversary of the classic comedy Ghostbusters in the biggest, fluffiest way. The Stay Puft <laughs> Super Deluxe Edition vinyl is a limited edition collectible vinyl package in honor of the terrifying but tasty Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. This package contains the number one hit single, Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr., and the fan favorite Ghostbusters rap by Run DMC for the film's hit sequel featured on a 12-inch single in a deluxe collectible package. This deluxe package includes the following 12 inch white vinyl single. Both tracks are on side A. Side B is smooth. Two 12 by 12 Stay Puff 3D lenticular images for the film. One 12 by 12 Stay Puff 3D motion lenticular image from the film. Puffy gatefold jacket, which simulates the feel and texture of a marshmallow. The jacket is marshmallow scented. Uh, inner gatefold influ- uh, includes full photo collage of Mr. Stay Puff's iconic march through New York City. Numbered certificate of authenticity also includes in this limited edition version is one complete set of Stay Puff Marshmallow Man facial expressions with three individual emotions separated onto layers of unbound transparencies. The set is contained in a clear sleeve pouch. Um, and you'll also receive a free six-inch Stay Puff figurine with your purchase. There's only 3,000 of this uh, exclusive super deluxe package. You can pre-order it now. It's on uh, what is it? Ghostbusters. What what the fuck did I? Uh, How much is it? Did you say? Uh, did I did I give a price? Hold on. Oh, it's I think it's fifty nine ninety nine. Hold on. It's not too bad. Yeah, it's like it's like forty nine ninety nine or fifty nine ninety nine. Um, what was the name of that website I gave everybody? Um, go to yibidibidabido. Uh, GhostbustersStore.com. And, Simple enough. And buy that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can we rewind? Run DMC did a rap song for Ghostbusters 2. That happened? They're saying Run DMC did. I don't remember Run DMC doing a song for him. I've tried to black out most of Ghostbusters 2 in general. So. Oh, yeah, Dave. I'm with you 100%. Uh, really, guys? Ghostbusters 2 is terrible. It was bad. 
I saw it in the theater as a kid. Yeah. It was just like, uh. I feel like as a kid, it was the first movie I was a jaded asshole about. Like, it was like the origin of jaded asshole Jake. I was like, this is not as good as Ghostbusters 1. <laughs> it's it like wasn't. an eight-year-old or well, whatever. <laughs> what do you think the problem was with the sequel? Do you think it was the villain? Do you think it was going from Gozer to uh, Vigo? Yeah, that's one big thing. Um, not enough Rick Moranis is another huge thing. Yeah. Like, I think his, like, limited screen time in Ghostbusters 2 is a complete waste, and he's, like, almost the funniest part of Ghostbusters Ooh. 1. What about the uh, the emotional ectoplasm whatever? Yeah, yeah that was really stupid. Yeah. The end was stupid where they threw it all on the Statue of Liberty. It was real sequelitis. It's like, oh, the last movie we had Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, yeah. and in this movie we have the Statue of Liberty coming to life. Yeah. Yeah, I like emotional slime about as much as I like <laughs> the concept of midichlorians. I just... I think it's a downer on the whole franchise. Um, to this day, I cannot hear the song higher and higher yeah. without thinking of the intense bummer that is Ghostbusters yeah. 2. Oh, yeah. Dan Aykroyd hams it up way more in Ghostbusters 2 than he did in Ghostbusters 1. And the more the more you let Dan Aykroyd do, the worse the movie's going to yeah. be. Anytime. <laughs> Dave. How, do you, how dare you, sir? It's that's, true. That's, that's Elwood Blues, sir. Anytime I think of emotional slime, I just think about all those times I masturbate and cry. <laughs> that's... That's, that's that's your emotional slime. Yeah, we're going to talk about that on next week's Brian's dating disasters. But you know, you know, that's my emotional slime exactly. Wow. So, all right. <laughs> there was a whole scene that revolved around a dancing toaster. I mean, yeah. <laughs> does that yeah. sum it up? Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Hey, um, in the first Ghostbusters movie, when um, what's her name, uh, Sigourney Weaver? Mm-hmm. is, like, uh, unpacking the groceries. Oh, yeah. One of the groceries that she unpacks is Stay Puff Marshmallows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, yeah watch that. That's just an Easter egg for everybody. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, the Ghost Pictures 2, meh. You know? <laughs> no, not even meh. Yeah, it's terrible. It's a toss-up. <laughs> um, guys. Is it a smell-it? <laughs> no, it's a toss it. It's a low toss it. <laughs> it's the first ever low toss it. I want to know. Okay, Dave. I, mean, you- I can insert smell it into the soda pop uh, comic. No. <laughs> <laughs> do you smell the? I smell the three bottle caps. No, you should. You should do your rating system like um, as like as far as like. I don't know if it would get you in trouble though like copyright laws and shit but like since when do we care about those that's true oh, yeah. that's true <laughs> what, like, what, are, what are they gonna take their like, vast fortunes like your your toss it is like a diet right your taste it is like rc and like your tupperware is like fucking like coca-cola classic you know what i mean <laughs> that's fun stuff yeah. yeah i think i think that's a great way to like go after a cease and desist letter that's, right. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's when we know we'll have made it yeah but, but it'll be from like diet right it won't yeah. be like yeah. <laughs> they need the money yeah. the tab lawyers want to speak to you yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh shit they're all really old and can't hear very well so. <laughs> i like that good stuff do they still make tab i think so <laughs> uh, all right guys um who's got good pop bad pop for me i've been i've been going on and on and I mean, on i didn't watch nothing this week i watched american horror story and other than that i didn't watch i didn't watch any of the shows i normally watch so what did you think i, I didn't get the chance to see american horror story episode two what did you think man i think you will like this episode better oh so you don't have lobster boy finger banging some chick <laughs> 
No, I didn't, I didn't see oh, that part. What's what, going on? Yeah. You, just, you just didn't see it. <laughs> it was behind the scenes. <laughs> there was a whole lot of shemale action, though. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, no, I'm really not kidding. <laughs> okay. okay. So it wasn't as... No, it was a it was a lighter episode, definitely. <laughs> lighter episode. <laughs> yeah, a little bit lighter. <laughs> but, the lighter side of American Horror Story Freak Show. Did you, did you see the episode, Dave? Yeah, I, I don't know. There was the the one guy who is now, <laughs> you know, grabbing children and throwing them back into the bus. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jake's like, now I remember. Hold on, hold on, Brian. Brian, you're not going to like this episode. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's like... Yeah, they didn't drug them and do dirty things to them, but like, yeah, it was still they're they're definitely going for the deep seated creepy, very not over the top in your face creepy, but the pit of your stomach creepy. Right. There's definitely some light campy stuff going on too, though. Yeah, they they, I pulled, mean, they pulled back a little, and with the stuff with like Dot and Bet. Doing doing the performance and the song and everything. Yeah, I'm I'm very confused by the whole modern songs inserted into the '50s era yeah. TV show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They showed like scenes from last week. Yeah, they they were showing. She was singing a Fiona Fiona mm-hmm. Apple song, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. A, yeah. So yeah, it's very much like um, who's the director that does that? Moulin um, Rouge, Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, that's Moulin yeah. Rouge. And- yeah. So maybe that's some sort of homage and building toward. Maybe some sort of a time jump. This is going, you know, it, it may, I, there's got to be a purpose behind it because yeah. it's two for two in the episode. Do you think we're going to get a musical performance every episode? Well, I, I absolutely think we do. I, th- I think we might too. I think that might hey, be something happening dude, here. The first week was David Bowie, so I was yeah. like, I'm in. Yeah. Good. It's been good. I, the musical performance has been one of the best parts of both episodes. Yeah, and uh, like the, the 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 heads start harmonizing with each other at one point. So like, yeah, it was they they were stepping it up. I okay. I'm gonna check it out, guys. Yeah. I haven't dropped off yet. I mean, I was I was really kind of like horrified that first episode yeah. from certain scenes that just did not make me feel good. I agree with the complaint that there's no redeemable characters or very few. You're right. Like yeah. who? Like Dot and Bet maybe. Or the two kids that are trapped in the bus. <laughs> I, say, I was only I was only cheering for the two kids in the bus because, yeah. like every other scene, there's no one that I could root for, even not even close. Da, you know, Dot and Bet haven't been involved in any uh, circus freak gang rape incidents yet, and haven't yet haven't done, haven't done anything terrible yet. Oh, it's I, gonna I, happen. I yeah. think they're redeemable. They, there's so got to be a uh, two headed woman sex scene. They've got to do it. They, uh, I, I'm curious about uh, the Elsa. I think uh, Jessica Lange's character. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to go that a she was fleeing Nazi Germany or because of her affliction. Yes. I don't want to like ruin it if people haven't seen. Sure. It. Yeah. Or if they're going to. Keep with the deep-seated creepy stuff and be that she, like, was a Nazi that something happened to, you know, because she definitely is sadistic as all hell. So I think that might be the direction they're going, having, like, deep-seated stuff going on behind the scenes with her. Like, her filming all that stuff with with the girls in the front. Like, I think – I think they're they're trying to go a little sympathetic here and there just so they can really pull the rug out from under you with her being like this vile, horrible war criminal. Right. <laughs> well, if that's sympathetic, then it's going to get real bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, 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 think, I think we're going real dark places because like 
Coven was very sort of X-Men-y. Like, yes. I thought it was great. I loved it. But – you know, if you're not an X-Men fan, maybe that wasn't your cup of tea. And I think just like Matt Smith being the young, cute doctor and the – Matt he, Smith cute? Well, but I'm saying like he was – by comparison to Peter Capaldi, yes, very, very – Okay, I'll, you know, I'll take that. But okay. Yeah. And I, that's – I felt like <laughs> they were – the creators of the show were sort of pulling back to what they originally wanted Right. Peter Capaldi. I think that's what American Horror Story is doing right now. Okay. Is pulling back to the – yeah, horror. We're doing horror shows here, people. I think right. they wanted to be lighter last season, though. I don't think anyone was holding them back. I just think they – I think the season before, which was probably the darkest season, Asylum, just made them want to they, lighten up a little bit. I, yeah, I, the tone. The tone is co- totally different, and I think that that's that works well on shows like this that are self-contained seasons. You know what I mean? Like each mm-hmm. season – like let's make it drastically different than last season, but – it was so drastically different from last season that it made me uncomfortable at certain points. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to see like the pinball scene in the accused. That's <laughs> disturbing. Yeah. And I felt like they kept showing me that scene throughout this entire fucking show. It felt like that first episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I don't think it's as, as disturbing as it was last episode. No. No, the 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 clown reveal yeah. was that was a shocker. That was a shocker. You it know? was a real freeze frame moment. Yeah, that was that was definitely the 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 gut punch of the episode. Oh, shit, I gotta watch this now. Yeah, shit. No, it's it's worth watching. Okay, I got. I like I said last week. I haven't dropped off of it. I said if they keep going that same direction that they went that first episode, I'm going to drop off. There's there's only so much that I can fucking see and watch, but. I'll keep with it. I'll keep with it. So, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch Gotham this week. I didn't watch Flash this week. I watched Flash. Did you watch Flash? What did you think of Flash? Um, again, I think that if you're into comic booky stuff, you'll enjoy it. But I worry that they're losing their accessibility with the whole super <clears throat> speed becoming a cure all for almost any problem is going to become problematic. I think eventually. Yeah. Um, also. The, where he was pulling the people out of the burning building and, yeah. uh, they sort of looked like they'd fallen down a chimney and not actually been in a, you know how they were just like black smudged? Yeah. And they were amping up. I think they're trying to bring, bring in more of the, the female demographic by, um, playing up his lovelornness. He, remember where he was staring into the eyes of the girl that he saved and she's yeah. like, what are you staring at? You know, like, um, I, I think they're trying to, serve two masters and they just need to, I I think the exposition in the uh, episode, there was a lot of exposition that um, works in a comic book sometimes, but does not translate into the TV. It it bogs it down. Do you think they're going into the whole, like I'm worried that they're, they're falling into the whole Smallville freak of the week first season. Oh, you're, yeah, you're, you're absolutely getting the, you know, cause multiplex was this week. Right. And you're going to, you're gonna, you're definitely, uh, gonna spend your first, uh, building up to the, the, I, I think they'll, they'll build off of those blocks in the second half of the first season. But yeah, yeah. you're, you're getting freak of the week for the foreseeable future. That's, yeah, I agree. How many episodes in season one of Flash do we know? Like well, I 20 mean, some? 24, I would imagine. Just like, isn't 24 like the. That's their standard thing. Yeah, yeah. like with Arrow. So yeah. 
I'm just you know I just I just want more Captain Cold man that's that's what I want absolutely they got what's the dude uh, from uh, Prison Break Prison Break yep. he's Captain Cold yeah I, I hope we get a Mirror Master too <laughs> yeah I want Mirror Master back yeah I think uh, I'm hoping that they save Grodd as a teaser for the second season I completely agree once they get hopefully they can show some good ratings and yeah. up their budget a yeah, little bit exactly yeah exactly yeah agreed um you know once we get a full season ordered has a full season been ordered i'm pretty sure it has okay okay so you know if ratings stay up i hope that like final scene what we see is like flash you know he he's running something crazy is happening he's running and boom when he stops running he's on an island and you know, we just get, we don't get to see Grodd. We just get a tease. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that they will wait on that one. Do you know, do you think, do you think that Grodd's gonna be in the city since he was in the city? Or do you think that they're gonna have him on like a fucking island? Ah, uh, I, I bet he ends up being in, in the city. Like, in the city. You know, cause, yeah. you know, and it'll, it'll be some sort of like he's taken over some conservat, some conservatory, some plant. Yeah. While, and he's brainwashed all of the people that work there to protect him and serve him. Right. I, that, that's, I, I'd say that's the most likely scenario. I'm just wondering how good they're going to be able to do motion capture after we've seen like movies of like Dawn and Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Do you think they even will do Grodd? Yes. Really? I mean, they, they had the teaser in the first episode with yeah. the, the cage that was busted out, dude. Yeah. yeah they, they, you can't double down on an iconic villain like on that. On the teaser poster itself, there's graffiti that says Grodd lives. Okay. okay. So yeah, Grodd is definitely going to be part of this Flash universe. That's a great point you bring up too. After, you know, we've seen like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes mocap and yeah. all, the, all this theatrical mocap. How is it going to compare? Yeah. It's well, af- after they see what happened to the strain this year, because like, you can see on the ratings of the strain once uh-huh. they revealed what the master looked like uh-huh. and how goofy he looked, like Bat Boy. Right. And you could just watch the ratings arc down oh, ever, wow. like, from that episode. <laughs> yeah. So they, they know that when they when they reveal a big bad, they gotta put they gotta do put it some right. money into they it. They gotta do it right. Mm-hmm. Okay, good point, Dave. Um Dave, what do you have do you have anything for good pop, bad pop this week? I know like, you know, uh you're a comic book guy. Do you have any comic book good pop, bad pop, or do you have anything for us uh, entertainment-wise? Um, well, uh, yes, I have been uh, <laughs> going through withdrawals, not being able to talk about my comic books. Yeah, so Dave, you do a podcast. Tell Soda a Pop little- Comics Cast. Yeah. Yeah. They, they- and you haven't had a show for the last couple weeks. Yeah. And, and uh, we, uh, a couple weeks ago, we put the word out that you're looking for hosts. How's that been going, man? Great. Amazing response from everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bryce and I have been going through all the different people, um, just trying to work out what works out with our schedules. Uh, everybody who wants to be a part of it, we will definitely find a home for you. Um, in some way, we just, we gotta, we gotta make it, we gotta make the chemistry work. So, um, thank you very much to everybody who responded. Really, really appreciate it. Um, I want to talk, uh, for my good pop, I want to talk about, uh, Cullen Bunn's Lobo. I only Colin bu- Bunn's writing Lobo. Yeah, that's the only reason I bought it. I've always hated. That's the a lo- great reason to buy the comic book. Absolutely. I, I, uh, I, I, Lobo is one of my probably top five least favorite comic book characters of all time. Right. Um, and I, I, do, I don't understand the whole people who are fanatically loyal to the old Lobo because he was designed as a parody and an, an exaggeration of all that was bad about that era of comics. And so 
in the first <laughs> first panel of this thing, we have Lobo, uh, old, uh, old Lobo, talking shit and being decapitated by young Lobo. And he's doing great stuff in here. Question, with, question. Yes. What has been – okay, with that panel. Like, yeah, that has, panel was crazy. What has – has there been like an outcry from like like dedicated – like Lobo fans aren't like as vocal as Deadpool fans maybe, but they are out there, dude. Yeah, have you uh, been have you been reading anything from like diehard like pre fifty two Lobo fans that are just like this is blasphemy this is bullshit well, uh, or has this been like well received? No, I'm I'm a pariah at my at my local comic book store Co op Records in Pekin, Illinois. You guys rock. Um, I am a pariah because I am the guy who loves the new Lobo. Back in in uh, Villains Month, he got his premiere and. We got the – and they say he looks like Robert Pattinson. Was he the new <laughs> – wasn't his like uh, debut issue a Supergirl issue? Right. But, okay. Right. Okay. And, but they fleshed out who he was. In, in the Villains Month? Yeah. OK. Fair enough. So we got his own Villains Month comic. And basically the concept is speed kills. Like this Lobo is fast and furious and he is – he's still got the powers of a Zarnian but he is um, – he's, 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 he's a lot smarter, uh, number one. He's got the the regeneration and all that stuff, but I like that they're adding depth to the character and that we see a dream sequence that is him like it's it's totally like romance novely like all pastel and he's dreaming of lost love and then he wakes up in this in this after this nightmare and talks about how he burns off part of his brain stem on a regular basis to keep him from having these dreams. Uh, Colin Bond is just firing on all cylinders right now. And uh, thank you, Colin, for all of the good books you're writing. I mean, Sinestro, awesome. Magneto, awesome. Sixth Gun, awesome. This guy's like my MVP comic book writer for the year right now. I yeah, was it's reading, crazy uh, that he's he, writing. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, it's crazy that he's writing a book for each of the three. Basically, he's got a Marvel book, a DC book, and an indie book all, all and he's going at once. And he's writing Helheim. Yeah, which well, I'm a big fan of the Helheim series. Dude, I, I'm I'm a guy who has not yet even posted his first episode of his podcast, and he was approached by by. Uh, my co-host Bryce Logan and your cohort. Yeah, my cohort. <laughs> Every everybody's got one, Dave. No, he's my like correctly spelled co-host. And, uh, he uh, he basically um, agreed to do the second episode of the show and like has stayed in touch with us. Is cool with us. You know, said hey, if you're in St. Louis, pop on by. You know, like we'll go out. Like that's amazing from someone like artistic. Types are not always known for their uh, great social skills and like absolutely just a class act altogether. So my good pop for the week, Lobo, check it out. Nice. Who draws that, Dave? This is uh, Brown. Let's see. It's the same guy that draws the normal stuff that draws that dream sequence. That looked really radically different. It did look a lot yeah, different. Riley Brown. I don't know if that is a uh, man or a woman, but who, whoever you are, Riley, you're Kicking ass and taking names. Nice. I'm, yeah, I'm on, on for the long haul with uh, Lobo. So yeah, Lobo ongoing series for DC now. Yep, awesome. Um, what else? Do you have anything else for us? Do you want bad pop right away? Yeah, go for bad pop. 
Batgirl number thirty-five. All right, yeah, we talked a little bit about this uh, oh. off camera, off camera, <laughs> off. Uh, yeah, uh, you're filming me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they they want to see all the dildos, <laughs> right? Right. 3D printing action. Um, but uh, we talked a little bit of this before we recorded. Um, Gail Simone's off Batgirl, which anytime Gail Simone is off a book, that kind of sucks. Well, the the art yeah. is 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 great. How, um, how would you how would you rate? Okay, how would you rate the art? The art, I would absolutely Tupperware. Okay, yeah, I, I really really. What love about the art? What it's, about the new Batgirl suit? Uh, the the the, the uh, I would say the design on the suit um, makes a lot more sense and um, is probably my favorite design of a Batgirl suit thus far. Nice, but. As as in every bad review, there's always a but, and um, yeah, I gotta I gotta say, Gail Simone is a really hard act to follow, and uh, you know, Cameron Stewart, I I'm not familiar with your work, so I I am not saying this is totally based on uh, a vast knowledge of the great things that you may or may not have done. But you are no Gail Simone. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I understand that I'm you know, a 36-year-old man and I am not possibly the target audience for where you're going with Batgirl. I mean she's taking a selfie on the cover of the book. <laughs> so um, I think that, I, that, that regulated my expectations a right, little bit. Right. So um, yeah, I, I'm probably not going to continue reading it. I will, I will buy one more. Just yeah. to enjoy the art and hope that the, there is some sort of thing about the actual story and plotting that pulls me in. Right. But at this point, I'm just biding my time till Secret Six starts. All right. Yeah, Gail Simone back on Secret Six, right? Yep. That's awesome, yep. dude. Can I see, can Bat, I see Batgirl, that? Batgirl for uh, me is a toss it. Question Do they have the original artist coming back for Secret Six? I do not believe so. Jim's not Jim. Cal, it's Jim Calafiore, right? Uh, let me double check. Oh, uh, the, you mean the last artist? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, okay. I, I thought you meant the original. No. Um, no. 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 Yes, I believe he is coming back. That I love him. Well, by the way, I'm 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 really curious. I've I've figured out. I'm pretty sure every member, except you saw the preview cover. Yeah. I think I've figured out every member of the Secret Six except the the pale one with the the long stringy black hair. Okay. I, I still haven't figured out Leftover Army. If you have any ideas about who that final member is, I would love to hear your ideas because it's driving me batshit. Okay. Yeah, they'll let you know. Batgirl's using like the online dating services like you in this book, Brian. <laughs> Batgirl's <laughs> dating disasters. Yeah. So. Brian's gonna be like, oh my god. Domesticated Dave was so fucking wrong. This 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 book is genius. It speaks to me. It speaks to me on so many levels. So the art is great on that, though. Yes, yes. The, 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 I I was not always the biggest fan of Bat, the Batgirl art, yeah. but Gail Simone pulled me through. Oh, it her all. story is great. Yeah, and and well, it's it's definitely flipped, uh, completely inverted. Is but. she doing anything other than the Secret Six for DC then? No, I think Red Sonia and all that. That's IDW. Yeah, taking up most of her time. I, I think the relationship was very strained. If you read the run of Batgirl with her, well, they dropped her 
for like two or three issues, there was a huge backlash from like fans of Batgirl, and then they brought her back onto the book. Yeah, I remember that happening. Well, and like the movement was another book that she tried to start that only went. I remember the movement. Yeah, yeah. it only went like eight <clears throat> issues or something. Yeah. And, you could tell she really wanted that to go and they yeah. just wouldn't get behind it at all. Well, it's not that they wouldn't get behind it. It's that the issues weren't selling either. It was always at the bottom. Well, it was a poor choice to not have the movement in the first issue. Like I, I bought the first issue and all I got was one panel of them at the back of the book. Gotcha. You know, yeah. So that was, it was a giant like – it was bold creative choice, but bad for people who are well, shelling out. I think the marketing money. the yeah. marketing of that book was horrible too because it came out at the same time where they were doing that occupy well occupy thing they, that whole they bundled it with green team which is the one about the super rich kids. right 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 oh, and, yeah and uh, yeah they, everybody was just thinking it was comic books making a political statement yep. yeah, and but, so it was horrible marketing in my opinion well but it kind of was it was it was a little preachy yeah, yeah. Oh, oh the book itself was yeah, yeah a little bit okay. So okay, fair you know, enough. She 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 made some bold choices and it backfired. Yeah, roll the dice and sometimes uh yeah, you get fucked. Um <laughs> <laughs> so uh guys, moving on. I watched uh Fury. Oh, yeah. I was actually going to go see that tonight, but really? our schedule got yeah, foopod, yeah, so. Yeah. Tell me it was good. Fury? Yes. Let me get to it. Let <sighs> me get to it. All right, it's written and direct it's written and directed by David Ayer, who has we're going to talk about this later, but he is confirmed as the Suicide Squad director. It was rumor. It is now confirmed. David Ayer is Suicide Squad director. So, like, this movie should be pretty good indication as to whether – can he do a Suicide movie? Suicide Squad movie? Now, is he right in the Suicide Squad movie too? I don't know that. Okay. It's only been confirmed that he's directing. Now, are they, are they going to follow through on calling it that? Suicide Squad? Yeah. They better. Well, dude, they, they, they balked on the animated version. Attack on Arkham or whatever. I know it's different with cartoons. I think though, even cartoons that are targeted as adults. I think I don't know. I'm, I think it was more sales too than it was. Yeah, I, I, to, Dave, I get what you're saying. I'm say, I, I'd bet money on Task Force X before Suicide Squad. Do you think? Well, do you, okay. Do you think they're going to have some like Batman in the title somewhere? Is that what you're saying? No, I or just, Arkham I, or something. You know how they're commonly referred to in in the government circles as Task Force X. Task Force X. Yeah, that's a tongue twister. Well, a tongue twister. That's I, I I I bet you money they balk on the title Suicide Squad. I'm I'll take this bet. I'll take it too. I'm going with Suicide Squad. All right. I hope you're right. I hope I hope we're right too. Yeah. We're not doing a real bet here, real money? No. <laughs> no. Um, the movie Fury. Oh, we can bet headphones. Right. Oh, no. I'm not giving up my headphones. <laughs> Are you eyeing my headphones? They're not that much better. The movie, it stars Brad Pitt. He stars as uh, Don War Daddy Collier. Uh, Shia LaBeouf. Is it LaBeouf or LaBeouf? I don't know. LaDouche. <laughs> yeah. Shia LaDouche. Uh, as Boyd Bible Swan, Logan Lerman as Norman Ellison, Michael Pena as Trini Gordo Garcia, John Bernthal as Grady Coonass Travis, Jim Parrick as Sergeant Benkowski, Dave, you'll know him, Jim Parrick, uh, Holt on True Blood. Oh yeah. Oh wait, I don't watch that show. I don't know what you're talking about. I know, about. The, yeah, running, yeah. What? Yeah. What is that show about? It's a running joke on the old Soda True Pop blood. comic cast. Sorry, I'm not in. I'm not in soda pop mode. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Uh, uh, okay, S- True Blood. Seriously, you didn't give me 
any a, a single Lafayette scene in the finale. Like he was sitting at a table. That's all you got at the end of the fucking show. Yeah, bullshit. No Lafayette. Like boo. Okay. Boo. Boo. Yeah. All we know is like, oh, he's got somebody romantically. Who's going to die a horrible, painful death because anyone who falls in Lafayette with, in love with Lafayette does. That's true. That's true. We watched that happen. Jason Isaacs as Captain Wagner. Uh, synopsis for the film, April 1945. As the Allies make their final push in the European theater, a battle-hardened army sergeant named War Daddy commands a Sherman tank and her five-man crew on a deadly mission behind enemy lines. Outnumbered, outgunned, and with a rookie soldier thrust into their platoon, War Daddy and his men face overwhelming odds in their heroic attempts to strike at the heart of Nazi Germany. All right, guys. I watched Fury. I went there opening night to watch it. Yeah, Thursday. Right. Went there opening night. Before I rate this movie, I want to talk about it a little bit. I love World War II movies. Some of my favorite films are World War II films. Mm-hmm. You know, Saving Private Ryan, The Boy in the Stripe, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, Letters to Iwo Jima, uh, Schindler's List, and e- even though it's not a movie, I love Band of Brothers. Oh yeah, I love Band of Brothers too. I love it. Uh, I got the whole thing on DVD. Even like the. Uh, the end of that, the, the final disc where they show the actual soldiers, you know, the yeah. actual like Brian Winters, Captain if, Brian. If Winters. you don't cry like a baby when when they start showing all of the dudes that you've been watching who are now still alive and telling you the stories, if you don't start weeping like a small child, yeah. it's the you have no soul. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they they are the greatest generation, man. These guys are amazing. Um, so I, I love World War II movies. Uh, going into this, I really, really wanted to enjoy it. Um, the movie, in my opinion, it starts off as a taste it. Okay. Um, there's nothing too special about it. And, and, and you know, I'm, at the beginning of the movie, I'm not connecting with the main character, uh, Norman, uh, who's played by Logan Lerman. Brad Pitt and John Bernthal are both phenomenal, though. Gotcha. Throughout. throughout. And the tanks in the movie are very cool. Um but then somewhere in the second act in this movie, it starts to take off and be a very, very compelling story. Uh, the movie shows you that war is hell. It spells that out like no – like I think it spells it out like almost no other movie does. Uh, there's a brotherhood that forms the more you spend time with like these fellow soldiers in the film. And that's what the movie – does it shows you it does that to you as the viewer um you know i wasn't connecting with norman at the beginning of the movie because i wasn't supposed to Mm -hmm. just like he wasn't connecting with his uh you know fellow soldiers but as the movie progresses and he starts to form bonds with these guys you as a viewer then do too was it was it a long movie was that first half long it was two hours the movie total was two hours and 12 minutes okay so not not too long it wasn't too long um it's a, it's a, it, the movie has an amazing structure here that David Ayer has put together in this movie. It's, I was ready to taste this movie during the first act, but with the second and the third act being executed so well, the first act is in fact a Tupperware, mm. as is the whole movie as a whole. Um, because <laughs> the slow burn was justified. Exactly. They, they throw, okay, you don't connect with the main character of Norman at the beginning of the movie. Because you're not supposed to. Because he's not connecting with his fellow soldiers. You don't know, and, and you're not connecting with them either. So the disconnect is intentional. The disconnect is intentional. 
And so once everything starts playing out and these guys are fighting in battles together, that's where the bond takes place. And that's when you start to appreciate the movie. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Because Does it flash back? Is that what happens? Uh, flashbacks? No. Okay. It starts 19, for April 1945 and it just goes forward. Okay. But you connect – you look – but <laughs> – it, it just does it so well. You're not really – I don't think that you're supposed to connect with the characters at the beginning. And then the more you learn about them because like you're thrust into the same – you're 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 basically Logan Lerman when you th- – when uh, Norman, the character of Norman. You are Norman when you're thrown into this movie. And that's Brad Pitt's character? No, that's, that's Logan Lerman's character. Oh, Logan Lerman. That's the actor's name. Yeah, you're – basically you, the viewer, are him when you're in this movie. These guys, they've been working together for three years. They've been fighting together for three years. You know nothing about them. He's not connecting with them, and you're not connecting with them as the viewer. But as they fight together, as they battle together, you start to connect with them. You start to learn more about these guys. And that was amazing. That was amazing. That was an amazing viewing experience. Um, there are graphic scenes of violence, whether it's Norman uh, cleaning out of a, uh, out of tank and then he notices that a piece of a Nazi's face is laying in the tank. It's it's fucked up. Is it a hard R? It's oh yeah. I mean, well, as far as like the violence goes, yeah. absolutely, okay. absolutely. Um, you know, you see somebody's head get shot off by the enemy. Mm. Uh, it's violent. Um, there's a scene where Brad Pitt pulls a Nazi into the tank and is knifing him. Oof. I've never seen that in a movie before. Like I've seen like, you know, tank battles and stuff like that, but like there's a Nazi on top of the tank and he literally pulls him into the tank and knifes him oh, man. repeatedly. That's vicious. It's amazing. Some of the best acting takes place in a small German town. The American soldiers secure, uh, and Brand Pitt and Logan Lerman, they meet a woman and her young niece in a small apartment. That scene is Tupperware. Uh, Logan Lerman is the perfect example of a character that you really are like, meh, on, and then he turns it around and he's the guy that you're rooting for. John Bernthal in this movie is so damn good. You guys will remember John Bernthal as Shane, Shane yeah. from The Walking Dead. He is so damn good in this movie. He he plays a rude, crass southern guy who is hardened by war, uh, and he's – oh my god. If, if – you know – I don't think he's going to get any like uh, nominations for like supporting actor, but he should be considered because he was so phenomenal in this film. Now, tell me who Logan Ler- Logan Lerman is. That who it is? Yeah, his name's Logan Lerman. What's he from? Uh, he's from uh, the school of. I look kind of like Zac Efron. I don't know, dude. He kind of <laughs> okay. looks like Zac Efron. I I have no idea what he's from. I've heard the kid's name before, but I, I couldn't tell you any other movie he's in. He's good though, huh? You know what? Like, yeah, he starts off and he's very like, as you would say, vanilla. Yeah, but there's a char- there's character development throughout this movie where you start connecting with this guy. You know what I mean? So he he's actually really really damn good. He's like a talented Zach Efron. <laughs> Zach Efron with talent. Yeah, well, yeah. he's not going to be nobody in ten years, probably. I God, wouldn't. I would hope not. <laughs> um. They're, the tank battles in this are fucking amazing. There's a battle in which they take on a much superior German tank. Um, and, and, and by all means, the, the German tanks were 
very much superior in World War II. Mm. Uh, they were more heavily shielded, uh, better armor. Uh, they were bigger. They were faster. So the American tanks, they really had their work cut out for them. Um, so it's like an underdog story in a lot of ways. But but there's a scene where three tanks take on a superior tank, uh, the Tiger 131. And the movie used the the movie actually used the last fully functional Tiger 131 tank in the world that they took from the Smithsonian to film these scenes, and it is very intense and it is fucking amazing. That's awesome. Obviously, like they didn't cause any damage to that thing, though, right? They had to like kind of blend CG in with it. They had to have, man. I mean, it's 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 a beautiful tank. <laughs> in the Smithsonian's not like, hey, go ahead and blow our tank up. <laughs> When you're watching this, though, it's like you see the three American, you know, Sh- uh, Sherman tanks, I believe. Uh-huh. You see those tanks, and then you see this fucking Tiger tank, and you're just like, oh, my God. It's <laughs> like it's like the boss level in any video game. <laughs> it's like Double Dragon, and you're fucking taking on the boss. Yeah, Contra know, or whatever. Contra, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it's like. And it was so awesome. The final battle in this is so amazing. I'm not going to spoil it, but I will tell you that this movie is a fucking Tupperware. It is worth seeing in the theater, especially if you're a fan of war movies, World War II in particular. Um, Rotten Tomatoes has it as a 79% for the critics and 86% for the audience. It is guaranteed fresh. Oh, that's doing pretty well. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm excited to see it. I love those kind of movies too. I'm a big war movie guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I like Full Metal Jacket. I like more than non movies. I like the first half of Full Metal Jacket. Once yeah. I get out of basic, I'm checked out. I like the second half a lot too. Ah, fuck it. Oh, yeah. I love Stanley Kubrick for the most part, but <laughs> I'm checked out. Stanley Kubrick movies. Let's talk about that real quick. I'm not a Stanley Kubrick fan. Dave, I know you're a Stanley Kubrick fan. Uh, I'm, I'm still reeling from the Dan Aykroyd bashery. Now you're going to talk shit about Stanley fucking Kubrick? Yeah, I like the movie that most fans consider the worst Stanley Kubrick movie, Full Metal Jacket, right? No, no, no. I would I would say Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, yeah. I would say that's <laughs> probably re- yeah. Re- yeah, I think that's probably not the high point. I get a buddy who's a big Kubrick nut, and I always get him going by telling him that AI is my favorite Kubrick oh. movie. <laughs> half of it, half of it. He wasn't even alive for it. <laughs> no, dude, that movie's like you could. There's like a switch between like Steven Spielberg. Oh, totally. And Stanley Kubrick, and yeah. it's just there's no transition. Like, whatsoever. like it goes from Stanley Kubrick to like that. Albert Einstein CGI character. That's totally Spielberg. Okay, yeah. like that, that, the scene where they're going into the the city with the giant open legs, and it's this dark urban, you know, dystopian landscape. Right. And then you immediately go see the giant pup, you know, the CGI wizard. Like yeah. no transition. And uh, the scene where all of, remember the kid is out in the woods, and he stumbles upon the. The graveyard of old robot parts and yeah. then, then the like half-functioning robots that are all picking through the parts and then switch to E.T., man. Like it's like yeah, it's, people coming through yes. the woods with flashlights. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No fucking transition whatsoever. Oh, it's horrible. I love AI. I saw it in the theater. I saw it in the theater and uh, I did not like it because I could never – 
connect with Haley Joel Osment's character because I, I just couldn't connect with him. It, it, he was a creepy robot kid. Yeah, I love the creepiness creepy of robot that movie. kid. You want to be a robot kid? What are you talking I, I, about? I, the first half is definitely better than the second half. You'll get no argument here. But that first half is great. Oh man, the stuff they do with the disconnect with the kid and the family. Now we know why he wants to turn into a cyborg. <laughs> it's all because of AI. Can I talk about a uh, experience I had with a Stanley Kubrick movie? Oh, let's see. I hope it's not Lolita. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> I know we didn't you have. No, when I when I stayed at that hotel and killed my family, you know. <laughs> no, it's not like that. No, I'm not going there. When I did um, all that acid and drank all that milk. <laughs> are you guys ready for Sorry. a uh, mini version of Brian's dating disasters? Yeah, let's do it. Is there a, is there a drop? <laughs> the bitch is all Have a happy ending. And some other time, <laughs> there's just an ending. All right. So, okay. I went out with this girl. This was months ago. This is, I think, back in like February or March or whatever. Mm. And she was cool as shit, dude. She liked Kevin Smith movies. So I was like, all right, cool. All right. So we went out, whatever. And, uh, um, yeah, uh, she, she lives here in Peoria. Okay. And, uh, she works for, uh, is it, uh, Pinkerton's, the security place? Oh, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 That's a, you didn't upset this young woman, did you? No, no, I didn't. Well, maybe I did. Oh, that's, uh, that could be bad. Maybe I did. They're like G-men, but like private Blackwater G-men. So, okay, we go out, we meet, we eat lunch, whatever, and she's like, do you want to go back to my place? And I'm like, sure. So we go back to her place, and she's like, I want you to watch my favorite movie of all time. And I'm like, I like Stanley Kubrick, um, but I had never seen this movie, and uh, it kind of deals with security. And so uh, it's her favorite movie of all time, and she keeps telling me it's her favorite movie of all time. And so we start to watch Dr. Strangelove. Uh-huh. And uh, it's really not a good sign on a date when she tells you it's her favorite movie, and you're the guy, and you're falling asleep on her couch. <laughs> yeah. Not good. So, yeah, that was the last of that. Had so, you never seen Dr. Strangelove? I had never seen Dr. Strangelove before. Yeah. Not, not a Peter Sellers fan, huh? I did not like this movie at all, dude. Wow. It's a tough date movie, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was our, it was our first date, too. And it's like, here I am, and I'm in her place, and I'm on her couch, and I was more interested in falling asleep on this lazy Sunday than I was watching this movie. Yeah, you would you would definitely think if you were a big Peter Sellers fan, you'd be like, bust out the Pink Panther, or like <laughs> maybe a bold choice of the Magic Christian, you know. But damn, Doctor Strangelove, that's dude. I was ready to bust out the pillow and uh, blankets and like just pass out on her couch and go to bed. It's a great film. It's not a great date film. So yeah. that was her bad. Yeah, so sorry. I don't bust out my favorite movie, Dirty Dancing, on the first date. Like, oh, nobody backs Domesticated <laughs> Dave in a corner. <laughs> so, all right, guys, that's good pop, bad pop. We're gonna take a quick pause and come back, and we're gonna do some news and all that, whatever, whatever we do, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna give my review of Fury. There was no Samuel L. Jackson. There was no Howling Commando. <laughs> awesome. How about at least a David Hasselhoff? Uh, oh, yeah. He makes a cameo. Oh, all right, all right, all right, the all leader right. of the German army. All right. <laughs> You're thinking of Nick Fury. He's, he's rolling around in the tank uh, asking for some stuff. <laughs> singing in German. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Strange Dave. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
hey, we're back. Um, we're going to do some news. <laughs> what, Jake? Well, I, I don't know. I'm giggly. I'm sorry. <laughs> gotcha. I gotcha. I was trying not to say gotcha again. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that always makes me think of the Debbie Downer, Amy Poehler character from SNL. That's yeah. the same drop they use whenever she says something that just, like, stops the conversation. Nice. All right, guys. It's time for the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. Wow, this news is really gangster as fuck, Jake. I, I believe it. When isn't it? I don't. I don't think there ever has been a time <laughs> when it hasn't been gangster as fuck. I, I don't think any of our news is not at least gangster as fuck. It's totally gangster as fuck. Most of it's more. Right. So. It's like a drive-by shooting of news. <laughs> it is. It's like New Jack City. I haven't seen that in is a Is it more time. New Jack City or is it more Boys in the Hood? Dave, I'm gonna, you listen every once in a while, so what do you think? Oh, yeah, definitely uh, all, all, all about New Jack. It's all New Jack. Yeah, Wesley Snipes forever. Oh, dude. I want a new Blade movie. Yeah. Oh, I, oh come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me more vampires. I can't get enough of them. <laughs> You're not going to get a new Blade movie. No, I know. I know. You, we might get a, a Blade Netflix thing. With if, Wesley Snipes? Not with Wesley Snipes. Yeah. He needs the he money, wants, dog. He, he wants it. He wants it. <laughs> he does need the money. And he won't he? pay taxes on any of it. What? <laughs> Dude, they made that joke in The Expendables 3, which is pretty cool. Really? Yeah. They Did made he, that joke. That's funny. Oh, man. Yeah. Blade needs a reboot. Reboot. Right? Well, I think, okay, yeah, if they do it, I think they need to do a Netflix series for Blade. Yeah. All right, can we just stop talking about casting any African-American actors? Just a moratorium on it for a moment? Are you worried about me and him talking about Luke Cage? I don't like it when mom and dad fight. We've we've made up, right? Who would you cast as? uh, Oh, damn it. Who would, who would who, I cast as Blade? As Blade. I, I tried everybody. I oh, tried. oh man, who do you cast as Blade? That's tough. You got someone in the hopper already. I, I can't think of anybody right now. For some reason, Donald Glover was the first person popping to, to my head, but I don't know if that's great casting. What about Jaiman Hansu? Yeah, what's he from? Well, I mean, Jaiman Hansu, he already played uh, Korath in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think that matters. That character's not going to be around a bunch more, so. He's dead. Yeah. So, yeah. I would say you're right, Jake. <laughs> Can't bold, see him making a comeback. A bold prediction. Well, it is Marvel. It is Marvel, yeah. <laughs> he might come back. He could very well could. <laughs> All right, guys. Pacific Rim. Uh, we Tupperware Pacific Rim, right? I did. Yeah. Dave, what did you think about Guillermo de Toro's Pacific Rim Chief? Oh, Tupperware almost isn't good enough to describe it. Uh, like, I, it's, I gotta so pl- I gotta perfect. Pl- I gotta applaud you. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. I'm still there too. Like it's it's been about a year now, right? Yeah. Still a Tupperware. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Pacific Rim, the sequel we thought might never happen, isn't the last movie that Del Toro has planned. He's going for a trifecta. Ugh. Here's what Del Toro told Collider. The direction we're going is very different from the first. Some of your favorite characters come back. Some others don't because we have decided that we're going to shoot ambitiously and say, let's hope we have three movies. So some characters come in at the end of the second, hoping that it will ramp up on the third one. 
Okay, guys, don't get confused. The third movie is not greenlit. The second movie is greenlit, but Del Toro, Del Toro is planning on a third movie. Yeah. He's planning on a third movie. Guys, could this turn out to be another Hellboy where we get two movies and then a third movie that, you know, is in the hopper, but we might ne- it might never even see the light of day. Yeah, I, I just want him to focus on making a good sequel that doesn't have to rely on there being another act. But, you know, the thing is, is like, Del Toro, Del Toro, he is an ambitious director. Yeah. And everything that he does is a passion for him. I don't think the guy wants to sacrifice the story worrying about coming back and doing a third one why sacrifice it because i mean iron man 3 i think suffered because not because they know that they didn't want to do a fucking iron man 4 movie but for the fact that they had to write the movie around the fact that robert downey jr might not come back oh let's take the arc reactor out let's give up the suits and all that shit because we don't know if he's going to come back and do another movie del toro's saying Fuck it. I want a third movie. I'm going to give you the best movie I can in number two, and I'm going to have you chomping at the bit for fucking three. Yeah. I, mean, I, I know what you're saying, Jake, but I loved I'll, I love Del Toro's uh, dedication and, and his optimism. No, and I love Hellboy 2. I mean, and Hellboy, oh, Hellboy 2 is fantastic. And Hellboy 2 doesn't feel like that. Like, it doesn't feel like it's like a big build up to another movie. It's just a good, solid movie. Sure. And that's, I just want to see. More amped up stuff, just like Pacific Rim, and not like you know, I don't know. Every it always has to be the trilogy. It always feels so cliche to me that you can never just have a sequel. It's always like it's now. It's always a trilogy before the second one even comes out with a lot of these things anymore. You ever notice that? Well, I mean, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but if 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 if, if that's the way that Travis Beecham and Guillermo del Toro plan on this organically happening. That's the way I wanted to play. I'm I'm ready for I, I'm ready for Pacific Rim three. Yeah, if they tell me Pacific Rim three's been greenlit, I'm I'm all in. I'm at the theater. Take my money. I'm gonna, I'm going to see this motherfucker in IMAX. Yeah, I, I'm excited. How, when are we looking at Pacific Rim two? Like 2018, probably or something. Pacific Rim two, I believe, is 2017. Okay, okay. Um, but uh, Dave, I mean, what do you, what are you thinking, man? Uh, the best argument I could make for a the necessity of a sequel for Pacific Rim is two words: Crimson Typhoon. Like. You talk about Beetlejuice not being in the movie enough. Wow, I wanted so much more of Crimson Typhoon. That was that my movie. favorite Jaeger. Oh, so amazing. And, yeah. And I would love to like – maybe like they rebuild it and Charlie Hunnam's character and, and uh, the, the young lady uh, – what, what is her name? Um, the, the two Jaeger pilots that were bonded with Gypsy yeah. uh, have to find a third to bond with and they, they pilot the Crimson Typhoon. Like, right. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. I want it. Yeah, but what if they do with Crimson Typhoon? Like he was saying that some of the characters won't be prominent characters and they're going to be set up to be more prominent characters in the next one that never even gets to come out. Well, it's a, it's a valid concern, but it, I think it's just uh, – wouldn't that motivate Guillermo del Toro even more after having the Hellboy experience of like, wow – I, I need to make sure that this really pops. So Thank that- you. Hey, whatever happened to go big or go home? Yeah. Whatever happened to go big or go home? Why play it safe? Guillermo, go for it. Mm-hmm. Go big or go home. If it's for the sake of the story, then I 100% agree. Yeah. If it's just the sake of these movies are huge overseas and they're guaranteed money ticket, so now we're going to do two more and set it up for that, then it's like, eh, you know. 
I just I want it to be a good movie on its own. It's Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. He's going to give us the best movie I think that he can give us. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about Guillermo del Toro going for a cash grab. He goes against what Hollywood, you know, typically wants in a movie. I don't know, man. He's the, not Michael Bay, man. The, the strain on FX, that was a blatant cash grab. Like, have you, have you did you watch okay, it? Okay, 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 <sighs> okay, okay. But how, how directly involved is Guillermo del Toro in that? Apparently not enough. See, that, that, well, that's the thing. It's like J.J. Abrams has his name attached to like so many different projects. Yeah. Revolution and everything like that. Yeah, he's going to be there for the pilot, but like after the pilot comes out, how directly involved is he? Same thing with Josh Whedon, Agents of Shield. How involved is Josh Whedon with Agents of Shield? Maybe for the pilot to set the tone, and then he kind of steps away and lets like you know his siblings go for it. You know what I That's mean? That's definitely what's happening. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I think it's just to like, hey, I'm going to put my name on this. Guillermo del Toro is the strain, you know, I, I, and 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 then and then I'm going to set the tone for this thing, and then I'm going to step back and I got to get back into the movie thing. You know, I'm going to try to get this fucking like uh, uh, Justice League Dark off the ground. I got to work on Pacific Rim Two. I got to, you know, me and Travis Beecham we're talking about Pacific Rim Two. I've got bigger and better things. So that that's what I'm thinking. I'm not the TV side doesn't worry me so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, what he's doing on the strain doesn't worry me so much. Is that all he's got going on right now is just those projects? That he doesn't have another theatrical thing happening anytime soon? See, that's the thing. It's like Guillermo de Toro is like one of these guys you hear so many things coming out about him, like what he's wanting to do. He's wanting to do Justice League Dark. I mean, there was talk that he wanted to do the uh, the uh, uh, Incredible Hulk, bring that back to the TV. Remember that? Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah. I mean, why can't they do that on a Netflix series now? Ah, they can't because Netflix series tie into the Marvel MCU. So it's like, are we ever going to see the light of the day of that? Probably not. So, but Pacific Rim 2, I'm glad that he's planning on part three. I'm glad that he's going big or going home. Yeah. If that's what his if that was his vision is, I'm glad for it. But on the flip side, Jake, I understand what you're saying. After the amazing movie that Hellboy Two was, and we're probably never going to see Hellboy Three, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I feel really like I think Matrix has made me gun shy too. I, I'm actually was a big fan of the first Matrix movie, and then the whole all of a sudden it's a trilogy. But it's high concept, Jake. It's high concept. How do you how do you follow up the Matrix? With something that's going to blow your mind even more. By, by just not. By not following it up. No, okay, but that's the Matrix because it was so high concept as far as science fiction goes. Yeah. What is fucking Pacific Rim? Pacific Rim is fucking Rocky meets robots meets Godzilla. There's no fucking high science behind it. It's just good old-fashioned let's sit back, eat some popcorn, and watch some robots and monsters beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. That's all it is. It's not Neo in the Matrix. You know, do you understand what I'm saying? I do, but I, I think that's a little bit exaggerated. I think it definitely does have. Oh, the drift. Yeah, the drift. It, it's it not has, the Matrix, it though. It has its it own was... mythology going into it. You know, it has its own, its own stuff, I, like its I, own baggage. I know, but the, the draw is the draw is big robots, big monsters. That's what I want to see. The Matrix had a lot to live up to in that second movie, and it didn't quite hit. The third movie was absolute shit. It got <laughs> it got progressively worse. Yeah, it went from a Tupperware to a to maybe a low taste it to just a fucking toss it. Yeah, yeah. To me, it was a Tupperware and then two toss it. Right, but I think I think with with uh, 
I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just too optimistic. Yeah, it, it definitely has a better chance of being enjoyable than fucking Matrix 2 just because right. the draw is the effects, and now we're five years later and the effects are going to be better. Right. And it's just going to be a big bang-up of a yeah. you know robot alien attack movie. Pacific Rim 2, Dave, go. What are your thoughts? Do you want to see it? Do you yeah. See- yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, so long as it's not like – Jaden Smith cast as the Idris Elba's son. Uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be in. <laughs> like, I'll be good. You know, I, I, yeah, Guillermo del Toro can do no wrong in my book. I watched every episode of The Strain. It was painful. I, I just tried to look at it like one of those, like a loving ode to telenovelas from Guillermo del Toro's childhood. You know, the ones that are just like cheesy on purpose, like. That's the best way I could get through it. But the leftover army was telling me, "Hey, you, hey, Brian, Jake, you shouldn't have dropped off after the pilot. This show got better." That's what the leftover army told me, Dave. Yeah. I, uh, I saw some of that rumblings too. Yeah, I, 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 I loved the book, and maybe that spoiled me for enjoying the 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 change to the the different format of television. Right, but uh. No, it was uh, – that should have been about a, an eight-episode season. It was like eight episodes of material that was spread out over 13 episodes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. All right, guys. Moving on. We got more news about Bill & Ted 3. Uh, Keanu Reeves was in an interview with ComingSoon.net. Here's some of the highlights of that interview. ComingSoon.net said – a sequel you always wind up talking about is Bill and Ted 3. You're very candid about it. One big draw is having the original writer, creators back, Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon. Their voice, their sensibility is so off the wall and fun. There's a story about Solomon getting fired and rehired multiple times by Walter F. Parks during Men in Black because of his sensibility. His sensibility was so weird, but that made that movie click. Is that oddball sensibility part of what's holding a third Bill and Ted back? Keanu Reeves says to uh, uh, ComingSoon.net, we have to get the script in the right place. Chris and Ed have been working really hard over uh, over a couple of years to get the draft in the right place. What is the reason to make this movie besides nostalgia or the love of these characters? Where can they be in their life that can be a story that is worth telling or has something in it? And it's funny. They have that. It didn't help that the first script that they brought in was probably budgeted at $150 million. I've brought this up before. That was one of the big problems. I brought this up on a previous podcast. One of the big problems, I didn't know it was that much, but I I heard that that was a big problem was the budget. What were they planning on doing? Having high-speed car chases for 45 minutes? Like shutting down LA? They were going to reanimate George Carlin. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Uh, He goes on to say, I don't know if Bill and Ted carry that much weight. Part of the argument is that it's not that popular internationally. That's where so much of the funding for movies comes from these days. They've worked on the script and the budget, just trying to get the right script and then get the business side wrapped up. Financers and rights. All the show business stuff. ComingSoon.net says, the director you guys picked out originally, uh, Dean Parasot from Galaxy Quest, was a great choice. Is he still involved? Reeves says, yeah, Dean's reread it, and I think he likes it. It's kind of like, I call it gravity. You have to get this mass together to make it happen. In terms of the writer's voices being too peculiar, in this case, no. I think they've really crafted something that's funny. Bill and Ted have 
been weighed down by the burden of having to save the world by the song and they just can't write it. They're losing their wives and their children. They're losing their families. So they coming soon. asks, just getting too wrapped up in their own dilemma. Reeves uh, responds. Yeah, they're just like, dude, we have to write the song. The future comes back and says, if you don't write the song by this certain time, the universe is going to unravel and history and everything is going to change and dinosaurs are going to walk the earth. Jesus is playing baseball. All sorts of weird things start unraveling and wormholes are twisting. We have to kind of bring order back and it's connected into bringing our families together by writing a song. Coming soon.net asks them, uh, they say, obviously you don't want to homogenize that to the point where it's not even worth doing anymore. Keanu Reeves says, no, I mean, it's edgy. There's a great scene where Bill and Ted are in jail and we're seeing our future us's and they're all tatted up and hard. They're like tough sounding. What's up, dude? Hey, dude. Hey, guy. Stop calling me dude. <laughs> they want to beat up Bill and Ted because they've inherited the life that they fucked up. They're miserable and they hate Bill and Ted. There's some funny stuff. All right, guys. So the script has been done for quite a while. Alex Winter has like confirmed that. It's been done for quite a while. The problem is finding financers. Bill and Ted 3 is ready to go. All they need is to find the financers to do it. I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, you guys have heard a little bit. That's the most that we've heard about this script that's kind of concrete. What are you guys thinking about Bill and Ted 3? Jake, I've heard from you a little bit. Yeah. Dave, what are you thinking about Bill and Ted 3? I say kickstart that shit. I would put a whole paycheck toward a Bill and Ted number 3. Uh, just to get my name in the fucking credits of that movie. I love those movies. Yeah, but they need a, like 150 mil. Well, they're working on that. They've, re- they've reworked the <laughs> script so that it's not 150 mil. But Dave, even then, kickstarting... I mean, even if it's half of that budget, you're not going to get that for Kickstarter. I mean, the Veronica Mars movie made – how much did that make? I don't know. But it, it, it was not even close to even $10 million. I mean, this is not Veron- – this is Bill and Ted. I mean, you've got to have some special effects budget. Yeah, it's got to have time travel of some sort. It's yeah. got to have a method of time travel. Right. It's got to – Right. Why, gosh, why was it so expensive? I- have they changed the screenplay since then? They have. They have. They've okay. rewrote it a little bit, and they've changed a few things. Um, I Guys, I still want to see – it sounds like Alex Winter. It sounds like Ed Solomon, Keanu Reeves are all still passionate about this project. I like the direction that they're going in. I think, I think it needs to be made, and I want their kids to be exact polar opposites of them. Like in the first movie, like – Bill, uh, no, it was Ted. Ted's father was threatening to send him to an Alaskan military camp. <laughs> yeah, I want in this third movie Ted to have a kid, and his te- and his kid is begging him to go to an Alaskan military camp. <laughs> That's what I want. I want their lives to be just crazy like that. You know what I mean? And uh, you know them not getting along with the princesses, and them wanting to do this song and everything like that. I guys, I, I want to see this movie made. I think it would be, I think it would be a fantastic revisit. Unlike Beetlejuice, I think. What do you have to lose with Bill and Ted? Oh no! Don't fuck with my Bill and Ted legacy. No, it's Bill and Ted. It's a goofy ass motherfucking movie. I think they should do it. Yeah, I'd love to see this movie get financed. I'd love to see this movie get greenlit. 
Yeah, I would go see this movie for sure. Um, I mean, the time is right. I think the longer you sit on this, the least likely it will ever get done. That Goonies. Yeah. yeah. The long, you know, they've been sitting on that forever. And it just seems like it's never going to get done. So, you know, yeah. I don't want them to fuck up Goonies, but... If, God, if we get a shitty Bill and Ted movie, I'm not going to fucking, like, piss and moan about it. What, what do you think, Dave, about Bill and Ted 2? I kind of think it's a little bit of a Ghostbusters 2-itis, too. Like, Oh, see, I, I love the bogus journey. <laughs> high five. Yeah. High five. Oh, sorry. High five. Uh, the gr- they're, playing, they're playing death in Twister, yeah, that for part, God's sake. That part's funny, but they showed us that part in the trailer, right? Uh, uh, my rating is for... Bogus Journey is Station. <laughs> station. Station. <laughs> and the evil Usses. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I loved Bill and Ted too. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I loved it. I thought it was great. So, yeah, it's it's not as bad as Ghostbusters 2. But it's it's no, a low low tasted oh, for me. Oh, how dare you say that. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about Lost. Let's talk about that train wreck of a TV show. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, I, no comment. <laughs> I'm out of this. If you, I, I'm going to watch the Clash of the Cohorts. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to get into that argument here. Oh no, that's fine. It's it's no Survivor. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> All right, real quick, I uh, wanted to go over Dave. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. You're a big Doctor Who fan. I am. Actress Billy Piper, uh, Rose Tyler. Uh, she was in, uh, the Doctor Television, a uh, Doctor Who television series, uh, was she in the first two, three seasons? You're, you're, you're talking about the, the current version of Doctor yeah, Who? Yeah, like the 2005 uh, uh, reboot when they started off with Christopher Eccleston, then it went to Tenant the next season. She was in the first, like, two, three seasons? Yeah, she was, she was definitely, uh, in the, uh, end of Eccleston, beginning of Tenant. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's pretty sure that she's done playing the part of uh, Rose Tyler. She was around in the first. Uh, See, that's karma right there. I, I got aggressive with Jake, and then you just got punched me with no more Rose. My you, favorite companion. You hadn't. You had mine too. You I, hadn't heard this. You no, hadn't heard this. Yeah. No, it's, 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 yeah. It's like the day that uh, Jerry Garcia died, and I ran into the biggest Grateful Dead fan I know uh-huh. at the at a restaurant, and I was like, "Yeah, man." I, was, I thought of you when I heard about Jerry. She's like, what happened to Jerry? Uh, she didn't know. No, dude. Uh, I, I, I have a hot corner in hell for that moment. Like, uh, this pure, like, pure hippy-dippy girl that just had no ounce of negativity in her. And I'm like, right. oh, by the way, Jerry Garcia is dead. Later. <laughs> and I'm out. Yeah. And I totally just got out. I, was, right, like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, I got to go. <laughs> yeah, when you start seeing tears, that's a man's yeah. like exit sign. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Well, um, let's, let's rewind. Why, why were you getting so aggressive with me? I didn't realize Bill and Ted Bogus Journey was like your holy grail. I, I, it's like let's attack Jake's two holy grails because he's attacking <laughs> my holy grail, which is Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Uh, I, I, if that's your holy grail, then ugh. See, I love the Bill and Ted movies. <laughs> um, they have a special place in my heart. Like when, when I was first discovering rock and roll music – that was when I saw Bill and Ted. So yeah. it's all tied up in that. Well, yeah, sorry. Jake. I didn't, I didn't mean to shit on your favorite I've, thing. I've, I've watched every episode of Lost. So, uh, I, you know, I'm a complete hypocrite. I was just being difficult. <laughs> God gave rock and roll to you. It's true. He did. 
that's inspired my love of Kiss. I didn't I didn't know who that band was until right. I saw that movie. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Um, Billy Piper. She said, "I love Rose. She's just a good girl, isn't she? I think at some point I have to be. I have to put the lid on it. I've been back like four times. I think it was a." It was good to come back as something uh, a bit different because otherwise it gets a bit repetitive and we all get bored. Um, she says, it's always great going back there, but um, the day of the doctor could be the last we see of Rose Tyler. So it looks like, it looks like she's, she's hanging it up. I mean, dude, that sucks. I loved her. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and so excited to see her again recently. I thought, oh, maybe she's coming back. Yeah. Maybe she's done with all the what was okay. the Diary of a Call Girl show and stuff. That oh just, God, like, I know. Oh, I was like, I was like, what? I can't watch this. I ah. know. That's that's not Rose Tyler. Rose Tyler wouldn't do those things or those positions. I, just, I was like, I was like, I can't, I can't let it besmirch my most beloved of companions. Right. It, I'm sure it was a great show. I got no complaints. I just, yeah. I just, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I could, I did. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, that sucks, dude. Okay, behind Rose, behind Rose. Um, yeah, we saw behind Rose in that, uh, uh Call Girl movie. Quit it! <laughs> Quit it! <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we go back to the makeshift dildo? Something. <laughs> anything. Alright, fair enough. You know, um, no, but, uh, Rose, okay, she's your favorite companion. companion. Mm-hmm. Who, who would be your second companion? Canine! Canine, yeah. the robotic dog. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm um, uh, just kidding. Um, Donna, uh, Donna, just say it, Donna. N- no, no, not Donna. Um, I would have to say my next favorite would be um, the. I don't know if they're technically companions. The three, the 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 the, the uh, Strax, I think his name is uh-huh. uh, the the reptile. Lady and her wife, who acts like her maid. Oh, okay. I don't know if they're technically companions, but every episode those three characters show up in, I right. just love. Okay. So I, I, I have to be if that would probably be my number two favorite Doctor Who type character. Right on. Okay. Uh, judges. I have no idea. Doc, Doctor <laughs> I'm, Who. I'm I'm looking at fake judges. <laughs> Doctor what? Yeah, Jake doesn't watch Doctor Who. I've always tried. I want to get you to watch it. Yeah, I watched the first two episodes. I know, but once you get through Eccleston and hit Tenant, that's when it just like starts show hitting bl- on all. Oh, Blink! Show him Blink! Blink! That's that's all you need to see. Well, but if if that doesn't work, nothing will. Nothing will. <laughs> if you if you have it, yeah. If okay, if yeah, and to our army too. Like if you're not watching Doctor Who, like you don't need to watch any Doctor Who, any Doctor Who at all. But if you watch Blink. And you don't like Doctor Who, you're never going to be a Doctor Who fan. It stands on its own. It's fucking amazing. And that's just an episode. Just one episode. You know, uh, Amy Amy Pond and uh, and her husband Rory. Yeah, like w- the episodes where they're together. Yeah, great. I love. Yeah, but just Amy Pond. N- not solo. Yeah, I, I I said them as a team. I know, I know. That's <laughs> that's why they did it, Jay, uh, Dave. <laughs> that's why they did it. Oh my. I don't know. Who are you? Whatever. You don't matter. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just fucking with I'm you. I'm just glad to be here, kid. <laughs> um, no, like, yeah. And, 
I've got like four, three or four episodes of her new uh, sitcom selfies on my DVR just sitting there that I have not watched because I'm like dreading it. It's like her and John Cho. I watched the first 10 minutes of the pilot. Pretty crappy. It was terrible. I think you're going to have my diary of the call girl moment when you watch selfie. Gotcha. Like, oh, no, not Amy. Stop it. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. Have, it's called selfie. Have dude. you guys watched Mulaney yet? I I DVR'd it because oh. I'm a big fan of the scene. Is oh it terrible? Oh my god! Yeah, it's like uh, it's like uh, Seinfeld in the Fringe universe. It's like fucking horrible. Like <laughs> what, it's an what's, alt- it, what's it on? It's uh, Fox. on Fox. It's, okay. Yeah, like Fox. Like their whole like animation domination oh. lineup is gone. Like um, American Dad has moved over to TBS, which like I think it premieres like this week on TBS. Yeah, I think that's true. It's gone. Um, and so it's like Bob's Burgers is not on right now. So like they've got like this whole lineup of like it's like Simpsons, then like Brooklyn Nine Nine, then it's Family Guy, and then it's Mulaney. It's really weird. And it's like Mulaney is like the biggest fucking toss it ever, dude. <laughs> it's like Seinfeld, but like like the worst version of Seinfeld you've ever seen. <laughs> it's like you take everything awesome from Seinfeld and you strip it. Yeah. And you've got Mulaney. Animation domination is a hard act to follow, though. Yeah. Bob's Burgers is on at like 6.30 or something. Oh, weird is it? Shit like is that. It? Yeah. Okay. The whole yeah. block is weird. It's yeah. like just to have those shows intermixed with it is weird. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Marvel news. Yeah. There's Marvel, a little bit of it. A little bit of Marvel news this week. I got a few small things. A little bit of quick news for Marvel news. Marvel is going to air a brand new special called Marvel 75 Years from Pul- – Pul- from uh, I Can't Fucking Talk, Marvel, airing a special called Marvel 75 Years from Pulp to Pop on ABC November 4th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. And I'm hearing there might be some Avengers Age of Ultron footage included in that special. Oh, I want to see. So, guys, remember that date. It's ABC November 4th, 9 Eastern, 8 Central. So, you know... Write that down as a note somewhere. You've got to DVR this because if we see any Avengers Age of Ultron footage in that, it's definitely worth seeing. Yeah, I'll set my DVR DVR up as soon as I can. It goes about two weeks ahead, so I yeah. probably got to wait a few days. Mine still. goes ten days ahead. Okay, yeah, piece of shit. Mine goes about sixteen. Damn you! Yeah. All right, Linwin Brennan from ILM Industrial Light and Magic, who does uh, the effects for the, the big live-action Disney film, said that the way they do the Hulk in the movies has changed. In an interview with IGN, here's what Brennan from ILM had to say. IGN, they ask him, Hulk's really evolved, hasn't he? Brennan says he really has. Getting that personality is very important to Joss, Joss Whedon. And it's very important that it's driven by Mark Ruffalo's performance. We're developed, uh, we've developed a new capture system, which we call Muse, which really captures the actor's performance. It allows us to combine different takes as well. We're using it on Warcraft, the new World of Warcraft movie. Oh, neat. And we furthered the, the development on, uh, Avengers. So. That's kind of exciting. I mean, guys, I mean, we saw a huge evolution of the uh, the Hulk character from like the Eric Bana film to the Incredible Hulk movie, which I thought was like a a huge jump. It was a big jump. In technology there, and then they took it even a step further and then used the the actors uh, uh they used Ruffalo's uh 
facial expressions. Now they used his mocap. Did they do that for in the first Avengers. Avengers too? They used that in the first Avengers. Now they've got this this new technology that they're like uh, pimping called fucking Muse, Muse, where they're saying it's even better now. How the fuck can you approve upon the Hulk from the Avengers that I thought was just that was Tupperware all the fucking way? Yeah, yeah, I'm I, excited. I am excited. I can't wait. Are you? Do you think that we're going to see the Hulk in any of the uh, teasers? Or are they going to hold this Muse technology from us until the actual movie? I bet they're going to give us just a little snippet of Hulk, just a quick cut of yeah. some, some Hulk action. Maybe in this movie we're going to get more uh, more Hulk than just fight scenes. Maybe that's why they're doing the different motion capture because he's going to be interacting and gaining some level of sentience more than just the savage hulk and he will actually be interacting with people and his environment well dave you might be able to back me up on this did you see one of the new york comic-con announcements was um and it's interesting one of the new we're going to be talking about it um civil war is going to be a comic book that's uh making a uh, and basically they're going to be bringing back civil war into the marvel universe right you saw that announcement right right Another comic that was announced was another Planet Hulk, mm-hmm. a Planet Hulk miniseries coming out. Uh, do, 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 do you, you think that there's going to be a Planet Hulk movie? Well, uh, I'm wondering if that all those all those covers we're seeing are some sort of a tie-in with maybe Secret Wars. You know, the Jonathan Hickman book. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, that's what I'm thinking. I, I think that part of that will touch on a lot of old events and they'll use that in the marketing strategy. Okay. But uh, a Planet Hulk movie um, doesn't work in my opinion unless you make nice with the people who own Fantastic Four because the surfer, an integral part of that story, would need to show up in a Planet Hulk movie if you were going to do the original story justice. Now if you're going to change it and do some more, maybe incorporate more of World War Hulk, combine right. those two stories, then you don't need the surfer anymore. So I think the only way a Planet Hulk movie works under our current paradigm is a combination of Planet Hulk and World War Hulk. Yeah. They've kind of alluded that they're going to do, like, they've kind of alluded that they're going to do, like, elements of, like, World War Hulk and Planet Hulk. Yeah, we've in been movies. hearing that buzz for a while that maybe that would possibly even be part of Guardians. Guardians, too. exactly, exactly. Yeah. But they're not going to be actually doing like a movie called like Hulk, a Hulk-centric movie. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, And you would have to have better motion capture to really give Mark Ruffalo something to work with. Fair enough. If you Good were point. interacting with the Hulk in the dungeons or interacting It's not with a Bruce him. Banner story. No. No, exactly. No. He's, he's, he's Banner's completely been put away for that right. entire storyline. And, and like, okay, when you think of like one actor's name who's associated with motion capture, who do you think of? Andy Serkis. Exactly. I mean, can we can we broaden that a little bit? You know what I mean? Come on, let's get Mark Ruffalo in there. He's going to try. Absolutely. They can change whatever they want, though. None of these Marvel movies have been by the book. As far as like being a translation of anything we've seen before, I mean, Age of Ultron is a perfect example. It is absolutely nothing to do with the comic book called Age of Ultron. I know we're jumping ahead, but like Civil War without Spider Man, eh. 
Yeah. yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. You, you, you explore. It's just that big moment, the him and Tony Stark moment. Right. right? You, you explore the Captain America, Tony Stark dynamic. Right. And you just focus in on that. Or you find someone else to, to play that same role. If you're going to do it without Spider-Man. It's just not as shocking, like, revealing a secret identity if it's not Spider-Man. Let's talk about that later. Okay. We'll, no, we'll, like, we'll, we'll put the gloves on and duke it out later with that shit. Um, <laughs> I, thought I, don't, a, I, don't, I thought of a good blade. I don't 100% disagree with Okay, you. who's your blade? Charles Michael Davis. He plays Marcel on the originals. Have you ever watched that? No. CW? Uh-uh. No. He actually plays a vampire on that show. And oh, let's just typecast this guy forever, no, right? No, I'm just saying that. <laughs> hey, my, Charles Michael pick. Davis, you're typecast forever. <laughs> he might as well be a Jalil White with fucking Urkel. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck you, Charles Michael Davis. No, I'm sorry, Dave. Whatever. No, no. So you I just think- like that actor. I'd love to see him play Blade. Okay. What was his name again? Charles Michael Davis. You've been typecast. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm an asshole. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. If it's his bread and butter, go for it. So He's got yeah. experience. All right, guys. Um, Channing Tatum. Are you guys a fan of Channing Tatum? Uh, Gambit. Yeah, Gambit. Tim right. Okay. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of like the, I don't know, some of the Channing Tatum shit. Like I'm middle the, of the road. Dude, I love him. After fucking uh, yeah, this 21, is the end? 21, yeah, this is well, the, yeah, that that <laughs> one scene and this is the end is fucking amazing. So hilarious. But twenty one Jump Street, twenty two Jump Street are fucking fantastic. Absolutely great comedic timing for a guy that you wouldn't think would be known for comedic timing. He's absolutely phenomenal. But now Channing Tatum is confirmed to play Gambit in X Men Apocalypse. So uh, in an interview with MTV. Uh, Channing Tatum, uh, talked to MTV about the, uh, the solo Gambit movie, I believe. And I haven't even listened to this interview because we're recording this on a Saturday and I was supposed to get this shit ready today. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm listening to this for the first time. So, uh, he's talking about the, uh, you know, the Gambit movie. So you guys want to listen? Let's hear it. Definitely. Is there any movement on the Gambit front? Have you seen anything yet? We're, uh, we're, we're finding a writer and, uh, and sort of beating it out and, uh, you know, I don't want to give too much away because we don't know that much right now other than we obviously know who Gambit is. And, right. you know, we don't want to – we really do want to try our hardest to give something fresh, um, you know. And we're we'll, we'll obviously going to go to the Saving the World, you know, superhero movies sure. eventually, but maybe not for the first one. You know, we kind of want to introduce this character in a very uh, different way, you know, and – you know, we, and when you try to do something different, you never really know right off the bat what that is. Right. You know, we it takes a little time, but you want to get right. way into yeah. it. Yeah. So we're feeling our way, and and uh, really just gotta kind of prove that prove that concept of that person. Wow, Channing, you're not selling me on your Gambit movie, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I, what what didn't you like about that? Well, it's like beating out the script. <laughs> yeah, that and the fact that like, you know, oh, we're not saving the world. We're not doing this. I mean, come on. Give me a little bit more excitement about the character. Mm. You know what I mean? We may do that later, but not right away. Exactly. Yeah, it sounds Thieves Guild centric then. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see a Belladonna. I agree with that kind of logic that it'll be that kind of movie. Yeah. 
the girl, the young girl he saves will inevitably be like a young Mystique because Mystique is like going to be their bread and butter going forward. So yes, and maybe no. I mean, you know, we've got how many more movies left with uh, Jennifer Lawrence? Just one, right? Uh, I know she's in uh, X Men Apocalypse. That's her last under contract. I, I believe it is her last under contract. So I mean. Um, as far as they know, they're, they're saying like this could be the last Fassbender, McAvoy, and Jennifer Lawrence film. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. That so it'll be the swan song for They're their- passing it on to like the new, the new class after this. So that this, the apocalypse might be the end of that, but it's the introduction to, uh, to Gambit. Yeah, I kind of feel like this movie will take place before Age of Apocalypse, maybe. Like an origin story? Yeah, like a Wolverine origins, like a Gambit origins. Especially him saying he's not a big save-the-world hero right away. Because you got to figure by the end of X-Men Apocalypse, he is a kind of a big save-the-world hero. That's why he's yeah. intermingled with all that going on, you know? Yeah. What do you guys think about Channing Tatum as Gambit? Do you think he's a good choice? Do you think Fox made the right move? Yeah. It, it remains to be seen. I, I, think, I think they'll definitely play up the... Um, the sensual nature of the character if yeah. they go in the Channing Tatum because he's direction. a suave motherfucker, right? right? Yeah, they'll definitely play that up in the story if if that's what we're going. Is your with. biggest problem his physical build? Uh, it's it's just one of those that I don't I don't know that I, I Gambit is supposed to be one of the most uh, physically dynamic characters for, right. for a hand to hand combat thing and. Yeah. I think you, there's a lot of really physically adept fighter types out there in Hollywood, and I don't know that Magic Mike is the perfect choice for that. Yeah, I, I think as far as like personality goes, you know, he's a suave dude, and I think he pulls that off. But like physically, I'm I'm totally in agreement with you, dude. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna have to say I taste this. I'm also really afraid of the accent being really silly. Yeah. And that, you know, cause in the comic book and in all like the cartoons and anytime we've ever seen Gambit, it, the accent is always a big to do, you know? Yeah. So is, is that going to be laugh? You know, we're going to be laughing. About, I just think there's, there's nothing in that interview that made me excited about a Gambit solo movie. Do you know what would make me excited about a Gambit solo movie? What's that? It would be, remember when Gambit was introduced and there was always this talk of the ex traitor. Yeah. And that Bishop had come back to find the traitor. Right. Gambit had a mysterious past that mm-hmm. he didn't want to talk about. Yeah. And he had this bad thing going on that you didn't know. And then it all turned out to be he had worked for Sinister and accidentally Whacked orchestrated. A bunch of Morlocks, yeah, yeah, like led the Marauders to the Mutant Massacre. Okay. Like the Morlock Massacre. I I I would love them to fix that. I would love for them to really finally pay off on the promise of shit five years of 90s X-Men comics and really come up with a really interesting dark backstory so you're that saying, doesn't make him hapless. You're saying no marauders? Right. No marauders. Okay. Like maybe explore the sinister element. Right. You know, that could I would love to see Mr. Sinister in an X Men movie, especially after maybe he showed up in X Men Apocalypse. Were you saying make him the ex traitor? Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, Follow through on that. That's interesting. Like make make that you know, whoever Professor X, somebody somebody major gets popped and it's Gambit that does it. Hmm. Not nice. a save the world type. Doing something else with it. Nice. That's nice. what I'd like to see. All right. 
No, that's a very cool. I like that. I like that. I'm interested in that. All right, guys. So let's move on to Marvel Studios. We talked uh, talked about Fox, but let's talk about actual Marvel Studios news. Huge news coming out of Marvel Studios this week. A new report from Variety about Captain America 3, and I'd like to read the article. It says, Robert Downey Jr. is on the verge of signing on to Captain America 3, with Tony Stark's Iron Man set to play a key role in bringing the Civil War storyline from Marvel's comic books to the big screen and trigger the start of a new phase of movies from Marvel Studios. The actor is in final negotiations to play the billionaire in the yet-to-be-titled third installment that is slated to begin production in the spring for a May 6, 2016 release. Downey suits up as the superhero in the next in next summer's The Avengers Age of Ultron as part of a previous deal that also calls for him to reprise the role in Avengers 3. The new pact is significant for the Marvel Cinematic Universe considering that the plot will pit Stark against Captain America his alter ego Steve Rogers played by Chris Evans as they feud over the superhero registration act which forces anyone with superhuman abilities to reveal their identities to the US government and agree to act as a police force for the authorities Stark supports the program but Rogers does not saying it threatens civil liberties causing sides to be taken and Rogers among others to go on the run to avoid arrest. The moral question and battle with his Avengers teammates essentially makes Stark a villain of sorts in Captain America 3, providing Downey with a meaty role he could play out into future Marvel films, including a fourth Avengers. All right, guys. So, yeah. guys, this came out of left field, right? I mean, last week, just last week, we played the Ellen DeGeneres clip. Uh, Iron Man 4, uh, talking about Iron Man 4, that was the thing. And then we played the Letterman clip. Uh, now, this came out of left field just, just maybe a day or two later. Yeah, it really ties into the, how wishy-washy he was with his answers, though. I mean, it makes a lot of sense why he couldn't say yay or he couldn't say nay. Right. Because they can't, we got an emergency going on here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, he couldn't come out and say because you can't reveal plot details of what's going to happen in these movies that yeah. he could possibly be. That's in. why he said, like, I have other things with Marvel. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to work with them in other ways. Yeah. So that it makes a lot of sense why he was so wishy washy. Right. But right. yeah, this is huge news. It's exciting. Yeah. Dave, what are your thoughts, man? Corporate synergy, baby. You know, we got the superior Iron Man coming out. Right. You know, start. Seeding the masses of seeing Iron Man as a villain. Right. Works. I'm, I'm really excited to see it because even to this day, when I reread Civil War, I, I sometimes go back and forth onto which side, you know, my team Cap or team Iron Man. Right. And I just, I think. Are we going to see those shirts? Team Cap, Team Iron Man. <laughs> Are we going to see those shirts come out? That'd be great marketing. Color coded blue ones for Cap, red ones for absolutely, Tony. man. Yeah. And you show up to the theater wearing them. That'd be great. That'd be fantastic, right? That that would be great if they marketed like that. Now, um, the premise of Civil War. Uh, we talked a little bit about it in that Variety article, but the premise of Civil War involves the introduction of super of the Superhuman Registration Act in the United States. Now, the act requires any person in the United States with superhuman abilities to register with the federal government as a, quote, human weapon of mass destruction. (laughs) 
uh, that they reveal their true identity to the authorities and undergo proper training. Those who sign also have the option of working for S.H.I.E.L.D., earning a salary and benefits such as those earned by other American civil servants. Characters within the superhero community in the Marvel Universe split into two groups. Friends become enemies. One group led by Iron Man, along with Hank Pym and Reed Richards, is advocating the registration as a a responsible obligation, and the other opposing the law on the grounds that it violates civil liberties and the protection that secret identities provide. A number of villains have also chosen to take sides, some choosing to side with the registration, others against it. Luke Cage compared registration to slavery Hmm. and did so to Iron Man's face. Others compared the act to the norms under which the police and soldiers operate. Uh, Captain America is against the bill, who argues that this bill infringes on civil liberty because they are now forced to reveal their secret identities. And once they do, this endangers them and those close to them in their personal lives. Cap is joined by other heroes like Luke Cage and Falcon and goes underground and continues to fight supervillains while avoiding being caught by Stark's pro-registration forces. Yeah, I, I read that right. Um, yeah, there's basically two separate Avengers teams. Two separate Avengers teams, and they're fighting against each other. Um, and then the big reveal is that Spider-Man was swayed by Tony and revealed himself as Peter Parker to the world on live TV. So that's the big thing. Is there going to be anybody in the Marvel Universe that's introduced now in the MCU that would be as big a reveal other than Spider-Man as a secret identity? Yeah, it's hard to think of one right off the top of my head. There's really nobody. Yeah. I'm interested to see also like how they what the catalyst for the Superhuman Registration Act will be in the movie because I don't think they're going to have the new warriors. You could have um, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver be a very good argument for unknown powered people causing great damage. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a catalyst event though. Well, I mean but, that's but, but if if Scarlet Witch does something massively destructive mm-hmm. and. Tony's there to witness it and it's just this young woman that he's trying to help and he helps her and then at some point she murders a ton of people accidentally or not he was personally responsible for putting her safely into the situation that she destroyed all those people and he might see his own responsibility in that much like I like that a lot uh, had in his reaction to Nitro blowing up. Mm-hmm. You could even do the elementary school thing too. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to replace Spider Man for the big reveal. I think it can be done with or without Spider Man. Well, even though. in even in Marvel Comics, they undid it immediately afterwards with, oh, brand with new the day. Mephisto stuff. Yeah, yeah. like Spider Man did the brand new day deal with Mephisto, and it completely undid the world's knowledge of his secret identity. So it was Mephisto. Thank you, because I had totally forgotten that. I was thinking that it had. It, I thought it had something it wasn't, to do. With, it wasn't I thought it had Mephisto. something to do with. I thought it had something to do with yeah. Madame Web. It had something to do with Doctor Strange. No, no, no. It was it was totally Mephisto. He no, did, that's why that's why him and no, no, because no, no, they did omit. No, that was why they worked out Mary Jane. Yeah, I'm confused. They did. Didn't, o- why am I thinking Madame Web? 
in Omid, it was all Doctor Strange that cast the spell. It was Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was. They undid it. I'm, I'm confusing it with how they wrote out Mary Jane. Yeah, Mephisto is what wrote out Mary Jane, but Doctor Strange is what cast the spell. It was um, Doctor Strange and Iron Man yeah. and Spider Man. Okay. And they cast the spell, so it all, like, went away. I I don't know. I was thinking it was Madam Web. No, they didn't. Even they didn't keep it. So, you know, they've already omitted it. Um, We also found out uh, recently, and I I mentioned this earlier, that Marvel's doing a new Civil War comic book next year, and they teased the art, which had Spider-Man in the middle of Iron Man and Captain America, as they are both pulling him. (laughs) Knowing that they are still using Spidey in the story... And want to tie a lot of the MCU with the comics to get more readers. Do you think that this is adding speculation that we'll see Sony work out a deal with Marvel Studios to get Spider-Man introduced into the MCU in and possibly in Avengers Three? I think that's a super good point, especially given the fact if you look at what's happening to Fantastic Four. Like the exact opposite treatment is happening to, to that, where they're like canceling the title and whatnot. Right. And it's kind of getting pushed back. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of rumors that X Men is going to get kind of get pushed back and scaled back real soon here. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a plausible thing to think that because we're seeing Spider Man tug of war between Captain America and Iron Man. That- and those rumors that they're already talking about rebooting Spider Man with this Sinister Six mo- movie. And introducing a new actor as Spider-Man because we have not heard, you know, Andrew Garfield saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to be involved in the Sinister Six. And, oh, yeah, I'm coming back for, you know, the Amazing Spider-Man 3. Yeah, real tight-lipped on anything. Very tight-lipped. So, I'm excited for um, all the Civil War stuff to break down. It sounds like that's really brewing. So, in the movies, I think we're going to see a lot of the post-credit sequences really start to build up on this in the next few movies. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if something at the end of Age of Ultron had to do with the Civil War setup. So... We also got rumors now that they are kicking off Civil War in, uh, you know, the Cap 3, and Marvel has a really good relationship right now with Joe and Anthony Russo, the directors of Captain America 2. And the rumor is, if Whedon doesn't come back for Avengers 3, that they want the Russo brothers to take over and direct Avengers 3. And that rumor comes from Badass Digest, and they say, how closely will Captain America 3 tie in with Avengers 3? I've been told that the Russo brothers are in talks to direct Avengers 3 and possibly 4. Sources tell me that they're the favorites of Marvel right now and that they are the guys Kevin Feige want to pick up the mantle from Joss Whedon. Yeah, that's interesting. Are you are you pro that? I saw Captain America the Winter Soldier. Yeah. I saw what they did there. The direction that they're taking it with Civil War – Absolutely. Hand the torch at that point. Yeah. Absolutely. I hope Whedon sticks on for at least three of them. That's my hope. I think the relationship is strained. Yeah. I think Especially when you've that. got pictures of, you know, uh, Joss Whedon holding the uh, Cornetto. Cornetto. Yeah. When mm-hmm. I, uh-huh. I think that right there sealed it, don't you, man? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely we've, – we've learned that it's – an oppressive micromanagement uh, mentality that 
eats at a lot of these directors and downgrades that relationship over time. Yeah. It doesn't always seem that way, though. It doesn't seem like that's how James Gunn was treated. Uh, I don't know. I, any Anytime we, we get all these burned directors, uh, you know, it's like when you have a pattern with all, all, all these people saying about their – that you're doing bad things, you're doing bad things, and you keep saying, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, it's them. Well, after a certain number of people, you got to sort of look in the mirror and say, maybe I'm doing this. See, and, but at the I end mean, of the day, the proof's in the pudding. Marvel was right, right? Yeah. I, I'm kind of with Dave on this one yeah. in, in some capacity because, okay, you've got, you've got John Favreau coming out and saying, you know, I didn't get to make Iron Man 2 the way I wanted to make it. I'm out. And he's still a good sport about it because he still comes back and he plays Happy Hogan in Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. Great guy. I love John Favreau. Oh, I love him too. But then you've got, you know, you've got, uh, uh, Edgar Wright having difficulties with Ant-Man. Yeah. And then you've also got Alan Taylor who had a problem with Thor and he's not coming back and doing another Thor movie. Hmm. Um, so I'm, I see both sides of it. Marvel's hitting on all cylinders. But they're leaving some of the directors a little unhappy with the final product that they're putting out. I think James Gunn doesn't fall into this camp yet because Guardians of the Galaxy, even though it deals with the Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. it's so cosmic and so far removed from what like Marvel is doing in the other movies that are Earth-based that it's not conflicting yet. So like if per se – you know, the rumors that we're going to see some of the Planet Hulk stuff play out in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, that's where Marvel's going to become oppressive to James Gunn. Uh, film. Well, I think James Gunn is just a fucking – I think he just has fun with anything. Yeah. I think he just has fun with anything. But if that's not the direction he had planned for Guardians of the Galaxy 2 to go in to – then maybe we might have some issues. Mm-hmm. Well, I've had several friends who've worked – for the Disney Corporation and something that they hammer into their employees is that this is always a reflection on the brand. Mm-hmm. And I think these directors who are used to being the authority on the projects they work on are constantly reminded that the brand is what is important and that grates on them. Well, that's the con- – and I'm going to side with Jake now. Mm-hmm. That's what they signed on for though. Yeah, I mean, Captain America and Iron Man aren't theirs at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, just like comic book writers, you know, I love Matt Fraction to death. But if Marvel doesn't like what he's going to do with the Inhumans, at the end of the day, the Inhumans, they're Marvel's property. Yeah, and I feel that way about the Edgar Wright thing a lot, too. Like, if what he was doing wasn't jiving with Marvel, like, we don't know the truth behind any of it. But then I'd rather have him gone. But had we seen a John Favreau Iron Man two movie, could it have been a better film? Oh, absolutely. it had to have been. Yeah, absolutely. Because Iron been. Man was fan- phenomenal, yeah, right? Look, look at his consistent body of work. Because the only the only hint uh, at an expanded fucking Avengers team that we got from Iron Man was in the uh, post credit scene. Yeah. Other than that, it was just like a standalone movie. And then they introduced everything else into uh, Iron Man 2, and that's where the movie kind of took a nosedive, in my opinion. Yeah, I can't stand Iron Man 2. It's my least favorite of the three by far. So, ugh, the whiplash stuff is pointless. 
the yeah, yeah, I just don't like it at all. Sam Rockwell hurt that movie a lot too. Yeah, and usually I like Sam Rockwell. Yeah, it was it was a misfire on an epic level. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, yeah, I'm 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 interested to see where everything goes. I want to see the direction that Marvel's going to take everything. Uh, it's interesting. Um, I would not be opposed in the slightest if the Russo brothers took over uh, and did Avengers three. Not at all. I think uh, they're leaving the leaving it in good hands. But on the flip side, I'm also thinking like maybe like uh, Josh Whedon, you know, holding up that uh, Cornetto. You know that picture that we saw where he was holding up uh, the Cornetto. What was that? He was ice hold- cream. Ice cream. Yeah, when he was holding that up. I mean, basically, maybe that's like Marvel's saying, like, yeah, maybe we don't need this. We don't need this kind of like bad press coming out from a guy that's like our director. And uh, you know, these the Russo brothers are company men, and we're gonna let them take over now. Yeah, Whedon's Whedon's gonna be a smiling fucking bobblehead though. Once uh, Age of Ultron like really starts rolling out, he's you know you know what I'm saying. Like he's gonna be a a good Marvel boy and a good company man. I guarantee it. Whedon's a class act like that, and we're gonna see him on every talk show and all this stuff. You know, so I, I you know. Well, yeah, that the holding up that. That ice cream was a very classy middle finger. You know, it was it was subtext. It was you really had to know what was going on there for him to for that to. Yeah. It was positive but defiant. Well, guys, if Brian Singer, who after the allegations is still going to direct X Men Apocalypse, there's no reason that if Age of Ultron doesn't fucking explode, which it will, that Joss Whedon can not come back. Exactly for. You know, Avengers three. I really feel like it'll be his choice at the end of the day. If Age of Ultron is a ginormous success, mm. okay, it'll be. I, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I can also see Marvel, you know, handing the reins to the Russo brothers too, and uh, Joss Whedon stepping away and doing more independent film projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he might even be a little burned out at this point. Yeah. You know, just enjoy the the vacation from it. Yeah, I can see him doing maybe three and then being done with it. I hope you're right. But I, I would love to see uh, a Joss Whedon Avengers 3. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. I want to see three of them. All right, guys, uh, let's move on to Doctor Strange. Oh, no. Doctor Strange. Whoa. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange news. Variety is reporting that they know who is on Marvel's shortlist to play Doctor Strange. Guys, are we ever going to get an official Doctor Strange casting? No, no. I think I'm going to play Doctor Strange. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If it's Doctor Strange love, I might fall asleep. But, you know, Dave, I mean, are we ever going to get a Doctor Strange casting? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt, man. There's still the giant gap left by Harry Potter fandom. And as soon as they start seeing the... The Fantastic Beasts right. money coming in, yeah, they'll be ready to roll. Which, yeah, that's uh, they've guaranteed that that's going to be a trilogy. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Fantastic Beasts, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it might even be more movies. They don't know. Yeah, but they don't know. They don't know how much money they're going to make yet. Exactly. They don't so. know how alive the Harry Potter franchise is. Still. Uh, it's alive over on this side of the table. Let me tell you. Yeah, I hear you. Me, me too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's hear about this short what house. Oh, Hufflepuff. <sighs> Yeah. Dave, you're slithering all the way, aren't you? Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. Uh, that was a 
<laughs> Paging Dr. Freud, anyone? Uh, I, I, Gryffindor, brother, come on. I know. It's, it's in your, the name. It's in your last name. Yeah. I know, dude. I'm just fucking with <laughs> oh, you, dude. Geez. Mike just, Harry, I could be Slytherin. But I'm Griffin. Hey, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's talk about the short list of uh, Marvel uh, actors uh, that could play Doctor Strange. Number one, Jared Leto. His name was previously linked to Doctor Strange when Marvel first started meeting with actors about the role. Sources tell Variety the recent Oscar winner is aggressively pursuing the mystical part since Phoenix's departure. And despite being notoriously picky about his movie roles, he appears – ready to get back in front of the camera. Doctor Strange, somewhat of a rock star in the Marvel Universe, could be the perfect fit for him. Number two, Oscar Isaac. Marvel has an inside look at his Jedi prowess in Disney's Star Wars reboot. Perhaps the actor, after acclaimed turns in Inside Llewellyn Davis and the upcoming A Most Violent Year, is ready for another Disney tentpole. Number three, Matthew McConaughey. Wow. It's unclear whether the interstellar actor could even ta- uh, take on Doctor Strange given by, his, uh, given by his busy schedule. But Marvel believes that after drawing interest from Phoenix, the studio can get anyone in the room and execs want a star for the part. Yeah. We've talked about that. Number four, Ewan McGregor. We heard about this mm-hmm. this week. The actor has a total of nine films currently in development and hasn't starred in a major tentpole since his days playing young Obi-Wan in the Star Wars prequels, but Badass Digest previously reported he's expected to meet for the role and could have a few more tricks up his sleeve. Jake Gyllenhaal, Hmm. sources say the actor is quite interested in playing a superhero after a string of dark, brooding films like Prisoners and Nightcrawlers. Both of which earned the actor rave reviews. Years ago, Gyllenhaal was close to replacing Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 2 before Maguire came back to the role. It looks like he's still very intrigued with the comic book realm. Ethan Hawke, we've talked about him before. Mm-hmm. Hawke, star of Richard Linklater's acclaimed boyhood, pursued the role early on, and it looks like he's still very much in the mix. Um, here's another Doctor Strange rumor coming from Badass Digest. Here's another dark horse in the running. Is Marvel looking to possibly cast... Oh, yeah, we talked about... Okay, Ewan McGregor as Doctor Strange. Here's what the article had to say. Yesterday, a new source contacted me and said that Ewan McGregor had been prepping for the role, doing the usual research actors do when looking at taking on an adaptation or existing character. I contacted one of my usual sources and asked if this role was... Asked if this was true, and I was told they're looking at him. Um, looking at him, that's sort of vague. Um, I'll admit it, but with the casting starting over again, this at least tells us what direction Marvel is taking with the character. I was kind of hoping that with Phoenix out, they might go alternative, a a black actor perhaps, but they're hitting white and middle-aged. Phoenix is 39, McGregor is 43. So Badass Digest was looking for a an african-american actor to take over they just wanted that or was there actual speculation that that could happen uh they were they were wanting that they said i was kind of hoping that with phoenix out they might go alternative a black actor perhaps yeah i mean the marvel universe is definitely short on lead black actors when it comes to being superheroes right now that's true i mean um we've got uh dc announced 
um, that they're going to have a female uh, movie recently. We're going to talk about that. Of course, it's Wonder Woman. We're going to talk about that. And mm-hmm. they also announced that they're going to have a lead black actor, Ray Fisher, play Cyborg in a movie. We're going to talk about that. Mm. And uh, Marvel hasn't done any, either of those things yet. Yeah. And you think that they would be the leaders when it comes to that. You know, I mean, they got a movie that stars a fucking raccoon and a, a tree. Why can't they have a fucking female superhero and a fucking black superhero, you know, being like uh, the, the the main fucking uh, the hero in the film? Yeah, they're definitely – that's one of their shortcomings for sure. I agree. So, guys, I'm not done with fucking uh, Doctor Strange actors yet. <laughs> We're not done yet. There's two more. I talked about six. What the fuck? Could this get any more confusing? <laughs> it's a great role. Okay. Out of the six that I've named, let's just stop here. Out of the six that I've named, who would you want to see? Jake. Oh, I think Jared Leto of those six. Dave. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Nice. Why, why Jake Gyllenhaal? I mean, what performances? Are you going by his performance in Prisoners? I mean, we got Nightcrawler coming out. I can't wait to see that movie. Well, um, I've, I've been a fan of his work since Donnie Darko and, um, his interpretation of Detective Loki from Prisoners. Oh, amazing. It was the performance of the year. It It was. was, Absolutely. Like the, the, the gravitas that Doctor Strange has, only only Reed Richards and like Doctor Doom have that same sort of gravitas when they when they walk into the room. You know they are the most adept at their field when they walk into any room. Yeah, and Doctor Strange is um, adept at things that you know. We don't even know what questions to ask this guy. Right. So um, that's where I'd like to see uh, Jake Gyllenhaal play him. Although, you know, Jared Leto is a phenomenal actor, but you would never – I don't think you would ever get the uh, crossover appearances. Like you, you guys were talking about how like Kristen Wiig doesn't like to do sequels. Mm-hmm. I'd bet Jared Leto instantly fall into that. He, uh, wait, I have to go do commit to what other movies to do this? I think that would knock him out almost immediately. But I'm I'm hearing that he's aggressively pursuing this and aggressively pursuing this and he's not on their he's not on the top of their list at this point, which well, is bizarre to me. Yeah. But well, but, but, but with all the music that he writes and yeah. there's anti-disestablishmentarianism, anti-dis- I think the word is, right. where he he they might not want that in association with the brand. It's hard to say. I don't think that they're going to sign anybody on for this unless they agree to do at least three to six movies. It's got to be a three to six movie picture deal. I, I completely agree. Three minimum. So you're saying, Dave, that you don't think that Jared Leto is the kind of guy who's going to be able to commit to a three to six movie deal picture? Uh, that's what I'm saying. I, I agree with Dave to an extent. Sure. I mean, you, I was just picking Dreamcasting of the six, like, but I agree. I, that's that's the big thing. Which one of these? I think Jake Gyllenhaal is a good choice in that he would sign to do three to six movies, way more likely than Jared Leto or a lot of these other guys you said. I feel like um, Ethan Hawke would possibly sign a multi-picture deal. Oh, I think he would in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he'd, be, he'd be glad to at yeah. this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, guys, I've seen Boyhood. He's on the up right now. I mean, right now, if he's going to do it, 
he needs to do it now because like right now his stock is high after Richard Link, uh, Linklater's boyhood movie. His stock is really high. If he's going to sign on, it's got to be now because, I mean, I can see him getting a few good string of movies after this, but if none of those hit on all cylinders, he could be back on the down again. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. So right now, strike while the iron's hot, right? Okay. There's two other actors, though, that we haven't even talked about. That we haven't even talked about. During a Reddit AMA, an actor gave his thoughts to Reddit users when he was asked this question. I'll, I'll reveal the actor, but I'm going to I'm going to ask the question by the Reddit user first. Okay. I'm trying to think of like <laughs> middle-aged white actors. Right? Like, Who could this be? We've actually talked about this actor, Carl Urban, earlier in the podcast. I have a guess. All right. So the Reddit user, Reddit user asked, have you considered joining the Marvel Universe? There are a lot of rumors running around you taking the role of Doctor Strange. I just wanted to say that nothing would make me happier than seeing you take it. You would be perfect. Dave, you are chopping at the bit <laughs> to guess this actor. Tell me it's Ted. It is. <laughs> Excellent. Sorry, Chick Hall. There's a new favorite. So then <laughs> Keanu Reeves responded, you know, I just, I just recently started to hear about that. I didn't grow up reading the character of Dr. Strange, but the past few days, the people have been telling me about the character and I have to call my agent. <laughs> All right, guys. So it looks like Keanu Reeves is definitely interested in playing the part of Doctor Strange. And guys, Keanu Reeves, I mean, he's doing quite well right now as far as like uh, critic reception. John Wick right now uh, comes out October 24th. Uh, it's got a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. 100%. Yeah. It's all the critics, even though some of the critics, they're watching the movie and they've got they're, – they're, there's some trepidation about it. Yeah, I But agree. all of them have rated it fresh. Not a single – No splats. No splats. <laughs> none, no rotten ratings. They're all saying it's fresh. I think uh, last time I checked, 14 critics have rated it. It's all 100% fresh. So, you know, Marvel's got to be looking at that. So – after that report, there were new reports from the rap that Marvel is also considering Colin Farrell <laughs> for the part of Doctor no. Strange. No. <laughs> and for some reason, they are claiming that Benedict Cumberbatch and Joaquin Phoenix are still in consideration for the role, even after Joaquin's agent said the deal is, quote, dead, dead, dead. <laughs> and they are also claiming that Marvel is considering Keanu Reeves as well now with fans backing that choice. And at one time, contender for Doctor Strange actor Tom Hardy, side note, Tom Hardy is now being pursued by Fox to play the villain of Apocalypse in X-Men Apocalypse. That's better. Is he, um, he going to play Apocalypse? Yeah, it'd be perfect. Yeah, that'd be good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we had a listener uh, – ask us a question about the Doctor Strange casting. Uh, his name's Anthony, and he says, uh, 
So casting for Doctor Strange has seen a bunch of names attached, and I'm curious to hear your opinions on the more recent names. Ethan Hawke, Ewan McGregor, Ryan Gosling, Colin Farrell, Keanu Reeves, Jared Leto, Leto, uh, Oscar Isaac, Jake Gyllenhaal, Benedict Cumberbatch, and now even Keanu Reeves. Personally, I like the idea of either Ethan or Ewan. I'm also hoping for a freaky, for freaky interpretation of Dormammu as the villain. Uh, although using Mephisto could be a good way to use him in the Infinity Gauntlet saga. Anyway, keep on keeping it real and thanks for the long episodes. Totally helps me through my tedious work task. Anthony, guys, all right, we've heard all of these casting rumors. Okay. So we've got Keanu, we've got <laughs> Colin, we've got Ryan Gosling, we've got Oscar Isaac, Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, uh, Jared Leto, uh, Ethan Hawke, all these guys. And who, a partridge in a pear tree. Partridge in a pear tree. Who is, I want to know, I, I'm going to give mine, Jake, you're going to give yours, Dave, you're going to give yours. Who is your definitive, and if they're not on the list, throw it out there, but who is your definitive Doctor Strange? Oh, jeez. That's a tough question. I mean, a bunch of these choices are good. I really don't have a you can even choice. Jake, you can go back to Joaquin. I, I still like Joaquin. I can't even talk right now. Yeah. I still like Joaquin um, Phoenix. I, I, do you need a second? Yeah. All right. We're going to give Jake a moment. Dave, what do you got for me, Chief? In those lists of yes. actors, yes. there's yes. only one. The one. <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> Keanu <laughs> motherfucking Reeves. <laughs> Give him Doctor Strange, and then he can get his $150 million Bill and Ted budget, and it's all gravy. Um, I'm going to give you a high five. All right. You're damn right. All right. All right. Yeah, I just don't – it's not Keanu Reeves for me. What makes you think he'd be the perfect Doctor Strange? Hmm. Let's see. Um – I would have to say that the – have you ever seen The Man of Kung Fu? No. In that movie, um, Keanu Reeves plays the villain. Okay. And plays it with a um, a real uh, just aura of power that is never done through special effects. It may be just some lighting, but – uh, his very mysterious yet dark nature that this villain has would immediately just transform the character of Doctor Strange from your basic Disneyized Marvel hero mm -hmm. to the powerful figure that and it, the the ominous figure. That Doctor Strange should be among the other heroes. Like they, none of them really know what's going on with that guy. Hence the name. Yeah, play that up. If it's good stuff, and we already know, it, is it Scott Derrickson? Is that the name of the director? Scott Derrickson. He was the uh, director for uh, Sinister. Yeah. Um, he also did that new Eric Bana movie that came out this summer. I can't think of the name. I saw it, and I can't. So I just can't think of the bad side. I can't think of the name. No, I I, I like Scott Derrickson. I do. I, I enjoyed Sinister all the way up until the end of that movie. It's a taste it as far as uh, as far as a horror movie goes. Um, have, you I was seen, just, have you seen Annabelle? 
No, I have not seen Annabelle. <laughs> I have no intention of seeing Annabelle. <laughs> it just makes you miss Did Chucky. you hear that they are wanting to do an Annabelle slash Chucky crossover? Oh, jeez. It, it might save the character. Is, <laughs> is Annabelle going to have Chucky's next baby? Yeah. Trixie and, uh, and, and Annabelle fight over Chucky. Yeah, that'd be good stuff. <laughs> Did you guys hear that, though? No. Yeah, yeah, that's a rumor on the internet. That's a dumb Have rumor. Have people seen Freddy versus Jason? Like, it doesn't work, people. Oh, oh shut the Jason fuck was up! Super fun. Oh, is oh, I love that movie. It was super. I fun. loved it. Nope. I loved it. Toss it. I'm with you. I, All right, high five. <laughs> I Tupperware the Freddy love versus it, Jason. Love it. I've been high fiving Dave this entire episode <laughs> until he said Freddy versus Jason is a toss it. <laughs> And it's an absolute <laughs> fucking Tupperware. Raspberries. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> Tupperware, Freddy vs. Jason. Absolutely. Could we get a could we get a pause? Yeah, we can get a pause and then I'll give uh my actor. All right, hey, um so guys, you know, I'm gonna get I'm gonna I'm gonna give my Doctor Strange casting, like who I want to be like my Doctor Strange, my definitive Doctor Strange. But guys, thoughts real quick. Who, like Ewan McGregor, like what are your thoughts? I mean, like we love Ewan McGregor, right? Yeah. Everybody lo- here loves him, but do we love him as Doctor Strange? Is like, like, could you even like, is he even conceivable as Doctor Strange in your in your in your world? It, it'd be tough. It'd be a tough sell. I don't see him being able to pull it off. I mean, maybe, but and this doesn't take away your love for. You and McGregor. No, I mean, not, I know you're a huge fan. Yeah, not at all. I just, I don't know. It's the wrong part. Yeah, it's the wrong part. Yeah, yeah. I just think, uh, I think Marvel is wanting to get that big name in there so badly that they're looking everywhere, and his name comes up. I mean, but mm-hmm. I, I can't. I, I, I love him, but I can't see him as Stephen Strange. Oh man, what do you think the like if I if I say a month over under a month when we get some concrete Doctor Strange casting news? Do you think it's still going to be over a month? Um, a month from guys, now, are we going to know who Doctor Strange is? No. A month from now, no, no. You don't think so, Dave? Nope. Three months from now, Dave? Um, I who do you, who who do you think's at the top of their list? I don't know. I I have no idea. Because okay, I, I know for not for a fact, but from like like the, the second tier, one of the second tier guys that they're looking at is uh, Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. So like you know the, he's not even at the top. He's not even at the top. You know what I mean? This is a guy coming off a of Dallas Buyers Club. He won an Oscar, guys, and he's not even at the top of their list. <laughs> that that blows my mind. That does blow that does blow my mind too. So, I mean, who's at the top of their list? Are they still hoping for Joaquin Phoenix to change his mind? Probably. Are, uh, and now with this whole AMA Reddit discussion of Keanu Reeves, are they are they are, are they now like are they waffling now? Are yeah. they like are they waffling like? Ooh, maybe we should be looking at Keanu Reeves. Damn right. Yeah, they can probably get him a lot cheaper than they could get both um, Phoenix and Leto. Oh, easy. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are they waiting? Okay. Do you think that they should lock up? Do you think that Marvel's playing it safe by not locking him up now? Or do you think that the price tag's going to go up after John Wick comes out? And maybe, maybe John Wick blows up. 
like this is the movie to see. Like I saw the Equalizer mm-hmm. with Denzel. I loved it. I fucking loved it. It's done well. <laughs> great movie still in theaters. If you haven't seen it, seen it. It's fucking great. But I think I think John Wick is going to be even better than that from but, like what I'm hearing from critics. But but I bet Keanu would be down and receptive given that, you know, 47 Ronin is fresh in his mind, you know. Yeah. And that was going to be the big comeback. So yeah. I you know, What I did bet, you think about 47 Ronin? It was, I, it was supposed to be an interpretation of a comic book. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a, it was definitely a reimagining of it. Yeah, and not true to the original story I in liked, a lot of ways. I like that. Well, no, I, I'm I'm a huge <laughs> I'm I'm the biggest Keanu Reeves apologist you'll ever meet in your life. Like yeah. I, I I own the movie, like, right? You know, but I wouldn't consider it if I'm trying to sell Jake on here's why he should be Doctor Strange. That ain't the movie I'm going to put up. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But do you think the price tag will go up if? If you know John Wick's, you think Marvel's waiting to see how John Wick? Yeah, that's absolutely what I think is going on. Okay, especially if he's putting it out there, he's like, "Eh, "I'm thinking about it," you know. Right. Yeah, and I think that's why they're keeping names in the discussion that we know have. You know, like Cumberbatch, he's done. He's the oh, Cumberbatch ain't doing it. Yeah, but they're still talking about it because they want people talking about it. Okay, you know what? Before I give my like, you know. uh, Doctor Strange uh, casting. You know what I love about that John Wick trailer? It's personal. It's personal. It's a personal trailer because there's a point in that trailer where Keanu Reeves says, you want to know I'm back? You want to know if I'm back? Well, I'm back. <laughs> and I think that's a message to I'm, Hollywood. I'm pretty sure I'm back. I'm pretty sure I'm back. Yep. That's a message to Hollywood. But he's not totally sure. So if they come calling with Dr. Strange, he's going to he's gonna answer that yeah, call. Yeah, he'll be yeah. more than pretty sure at that point. Guys, guys, Dave, I'm with you, man. Mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves, Definitely. Dr. Strange. Let's do it. Alex Winter can be Wong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, now you lost me. Now you lost me. Now you lost me. just going to keep pushing. Right, right. No, don't push it that far, Chief. No, but I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, guys... Keanu Reeves, let's do it. Do Keanu they, Reeves is Doctor Strange. Do you think they keep the character of Wong, one of the still traditionally um, horribly racially insensitive characters, still intact in the Marvel universe? Yes. Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. We're still going to see Wong. That's I, crazy. I think it's a guarantee. Oh, that's crazy. Yes. <laughs> so who is it, man? Who's your? Who's my Wong? No, who's? Uh, I want to know. He's been teasing <laughs> us with who's his. He said. He said. Keanu Reeves. Okay. Okay. Keanu uh, Reeves I, is I, my I guy. I don't know if you were just teasing me. No, no, I'm not teasing you. I'm not teasing you. All right. So Jake, who's your Wong? I, I, I still, I'm, I'm wishy washy. I, I gotta freeze it. Okay. I, I really, you're warming me up on the Keanu Reeves though. All I, right. I really see the contrast between him taking this role and Robert Downey Jr. being Iron Man. Where it could just be a real like career reboot for this guy, absolutely. And it could just jumpstart everything for him. Uh, he could put woe behind him. And if yeah. there's any member of the leftover army that thinks that they're not going to hear a John Wick review on next week's episode, they're crazy. I am reviewing the fuck out of that movie. No, that comes I out am, Friday. That comes out on the twenty fourth. Okay. I am going to be there opening night, guaranteed. I thought for sure it was going to be like Carl Urban or Anton Mount. I was, I was, I was, I'm amazed. It's Keanu Reeves, man. That's awesome. You know, I love Anson Mount. Yeah, I know you do. But, but guys, like when Keanu Reeves comes out in the AMA Reddit and says, "Yeah, 
I want to do this, dude, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Keanu Reeves all the way. Oh, oh what's the name of the guy? Uh, Watanabe or whatever? Ken Watanabe. Yeah. Wong? Oh, you're Wong casting? Yeah. <laughs> Ken Watanabe? Perfect. Not John Cho? Mm, that's good, too. Yeah. It's good, too. <laughs> he needs the work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's, your, who's your Dormammu? <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know. Now, would that be an actual actor or just a voice? That's what I'm thinking. Probably a voice. It'd yeah, be a voice. I was say, it's, he's not – even when he's humanoid, he doesn't look human. I'm saying yeah. if it's Dormammu, I'm going to go with Jason Isaacs. Hmm. Yeah, not bad, not bad. He's already doing something really prominent right now, right? Jason Isaacs? Yeah. Am I, am I crazy thinking that? No, he, he, he was doing the TV series that got canceled. Oh, okay. But I don't know if he's doing anything else. He he was uh, Captain Wagner in uh, Fury, but I don't know what else, what other projects he has in the hopper. So, all right, guys, DC news. Let's move on. We got an email from Troy Carls. Troy Carls says, "I was just listening to your discussion on the CW series The Flash, and you guys had me cracking up." Insert the Lonely Man song here. <laughs> Anyways, I thought I'd chime in. On my thoughts of the pilot episode of The Flash, I agree with Brian as I thought it was just really, really fun. Yes, I know stupid spell checker. I put the word really in there twice. It wasn't perfect for me as I felt the story in the first episode was a bit rushed, but I realized they wanted to complete the origin story as well as introduce a villain. So he had an antagonist right off the bat. But that's really my only complaint. I felt this first episode should have been an hour and a half so the villain could have been fleshed out a bit more and so they could have taken a bit more time to tell the Flash's origin. My rating for the pilot is a high taste it. Everything I have been reading about the show and the characters they plan on introducing gives me very high hopes for the series going forward. Thanks for entertaining me every week, Troy. So thank you, Troy Carls, for the email. Yeah, thanks. Nice. Um, Another high taste it. Dude. <laughs> dude, yeah. My favorite thing that came out of The Flash was that fucking meme that Dennis Sparrow made. Oh. The Winnie the Pooh. Oh, I love where I'm Eeyore. <laughs> where you're Eeyore. <laughs> that was my favorite thing to come out of The Flash. So That was that was yeah, great. That's I, a I Tupperware. I Tupperware that too. <laughs> I Tupperware it too. Drop the Tupperware party drop. Dude, right I'm, I'm all like Tigger in the meme. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so excited to talk about Flash. I'm and totally I'm just like, Eeyore. dude, I yeah. can't wait to talk about it. And yeah. then you just like, you just like, you know, steal but my... Brian. Yeah. <laughs> steal my thunder. So yeah, um, I'm I'm still sticking with my high tasted of the Flash. Did you watch episode two? I did. Oh, watch yeah, we episode talked about two. that. I watched episode two. I'm gonna still stick with a high tasted. I'm just worried about it falling into that first season of Smallville where it's freak of the week. You would agree, Dave? Yeah, we talked about yeah, that. A bit. It's gonna be yeah for a while. All right, guys, let's move on to some big DC news. So we finally got confirmation of the Warner Brothers DC films that will be coming out. This is the official Warner Brothers release. I'm surprised it didn't come out at New York Comic Con, but it didn't. They waited, uh, they waited a few days. Yeah, they wanted their own show. And they wanted their own show. So they came out and they said, we've got some movies coming out mm. through 2020. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, directed by Zack Snyder, coming out 2016. Suicide Squad, directed by, officially directed by David Ayer, A Fury, 2016. Wonder Woman, starring Gal Gadot, 2017. Justice League Part 1, 
directed by Zack Snyder with Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Amy Adams reprising their roles. The Flash starring Ezra Miller, mm. 2018. Aquaman starring Jason Momoa, confirmed, mm. 2018. Shazam, 2019 starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Justice League Part 2. 2019 cyborg starring ray fisher 2020 green lantern 2020 all right guys let's talk about these movies a little bit let's break them down one interesting absence no batman movie no let me bring this up let i um warner brothers this is a quote i i, I don't have the um the media outlet quote that i got this from but this is a quote from media outlet Warner Brothers Pictures and New Line Cinema will release a slate of at least 10 movies as well as standalone Batman and Superman films from 2016 through 2020 that expands this prized universe of characters. It is official that there will be a standalone Batman movie. There will be a Man of Steel sequel. I don't know where they're going to be in this, Mm -hmm. but they are going to take place – Within this time frame through 2020. So we are going to get those movies. Okay, cool. So we are going to get a standalone Batman. We're going to get a stand- another Man of Steel sequel. Oh. All right. So let's talk about this a little bit. Ezra Miller as The Flash. Yeah. Okay. Dave, any exposure to the actor Ezra Miller? Um, what else has he been in? Perks... The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, I know. He played he played the gay teen. Mm-hmm. And he's isn't he um, an out actor? What's that? Isn't he out? Oh, uh, in the movie he plays a gay teen. No, I'm talking about the actor himself. I think he's really. Yeah, I think he's that's if if that's the case. Well, that's okay. a bold casting choice on their part. Okay. What do you think, Dave? Um, do you think he's better suited to, to play, uh, you know, they've got Barry Allen in the TV universe. Do you think Ezra Miller's better to play Barry Allen or do you think he's better suited as Wally West? Well, Wally West in the comics is now a young African American, so I don't see them going back on that. Yeah, I mean, I just, his personality in The Perks of Being a Wallflower, I, I see him more of as a Wally West. All right. But it, I'm just saying that he, either way, I, I like him better than Grant Gustin as who, using him as an actor for the role of the Flash. Okay. Uh, but no, I think, I think if you do a Barry Allen, that is, um, Less focus on the CSI element of the character. Right. And more focus on the, Young superhero that that nobody really knows about. Yeah, yeah, you can pull it off. Do you think it's interesting that uh, we've got you know Henry Cavill, who's an actor in his thirties, and we've got Ben Affleck, who's like an actor in his uh, you know early forties? Mm-hmm. They're older. Um, do you think it's interesting? The I mean, Ezra Miller's in his early twenties. I mean, do you guys think it's a little interesting? Do you think that uh, it's a little telling with the age? Do you think we're going to get a Flash origin movie? Yeah, yeah, it would seem so. We probably won't see much of the Flash until the Flash movie, given his age, too, I would think. That's a great point. <clears throat> because 
they've already announced that the Justice League movie is going to be divided into two parts. Do you think that part one might star like maybe just the Trinity mm-hmm. plus maybe one or two? Like I'm thinking it's going to be like, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and then Cyborg, Aquaman. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to wait until Justice League part two to get the final culmination of all the characters where they add in, you know, Flash and Green Lantern. That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah, do a little bit of slow burn on that, introduce Flash in his own movie. Okay, with the relationship that Flash and Green Lantern have in the comic books, Mm -hmm. them being really good friends, and a lot of banter between those two, can we assume that they're going to cast a very young Green Lantern? Uh, Yeah, I think we can assume that. Okay. So, Dave, would you agree? Yeah, I would love to see Kyle Rayner brought into the movie universe, and he's, you know, traditionally pictured as a, a younger character. So you're thinking they're going to go totally away from Hal Jordan? Uh, I think they kind of have to. After the Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. I agree yeah. I agree with Dave here. Okay. So they're not going to go with an with an African American John Stewart. I I would I would I would find that to be a bold choice, but yeah. I don't think they will. Okay. And and I did look it up. Um the actor is openly gay. Oh, Ezra Miller? Yeah. Okay. He he will be the first um non-heterosexual to star in a superhero yeah, movie. That's, that's that's a very bold choice on their part. Um, you know what? Like uh I am not against Ezra Miller playing the Flash at all. I think he's better suited as Wally West though, just from like the and all I'm going on is his performance and perks of being a wallflower. That's all I've seen him in. That's all I can really go on. That movie is a Tupperware. It's a fantastic movie. It's really good. It feels like kind of a shoe in that'll be Wally West, right? You really think that there's a chance he could be Barry Allen? <sighs> Dave, you seem to think that it is going to be Barry Allen, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Because I, I think they're, they've made it clear they're keeping the TV and movie universes separate. And um, with the whole corporate synergy element, I I, I don't... I think they would open themselves up to a lot of criticism by backpedaling on the choice to turn Wally West into an African-American character. Okay, yeah, but you just said TV and movie. TV and movie is going to be you've got white Grant Gustin and white Ezra Miller, but movie to comic, then you've got like, you know, African-American to, you know, white cinematic version. Do you right. see what I'm saying? No, I, th- I think I think Ezra Miller will be Barry Allen. I think I I don't think he'll be Wally West. Okay, so you think <laughs> you think that that they're gonna they're gonna go with the comic books that they're totally like gonna go. Yeah, as long as they downplay, because his youth might be an issue with the whole uh, crime scene investigator thing. Right. But if they mm-hmm. downplay that, that he's just a student in that, an intern in that, yeah. something like that, right. then it works. I, I'm glad that they are injecting some fucking youth into this movie. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. It needs it. Agreed. They, it. It needs it. And I think if you're gonna act, if you're gonna add an actor like Ezra Miller into this movie, we're gonna get a little bit of fun into it. Yeah, I agree. The Flash movie could be fun. The Flash movie has to be fun. Yeah, it can't be written by, and, <laughs> it cannot be written by Gordon. <laughs> but but 
DC Entertainment really needed to extend the you know the open arms of welcoming to the LBGT community after their treatment of Batwoman and all that stuff. Oh so yeah, I'm, glad, I'm really yes. glad that they're doing that. Very good, That's very good point. That is a choice. great point. The, the, the point that Dave's making is basically there was supposed to be a, a an, an issue of Batwoman where Batwoman marries. Batwoman is is gay, right. and Batwoman was supposed to marry the her love interest, and DC came out, and their stance was like, no, we don't have marriage in DC comics anymore. Which is a cop out because Animal Man is married. Exactly, Aquaman's Aquaman married. technically is married. Right. So I mean, yeah, it's one hundred percent bullshit. So I guess this is a PR move on their. On their part, wouldn't you agree? But uh, uh, much but it's a good needed. casting. Yeah, yeah. it's a good it's, move. It's not it's not like Ezra Miller's a shit actor either. No, not at all. Both things go hand in hand. Yeah, the if PR you don't, move and the casting. Yeah, uh, uh, okay. And I'm talking I'm talking to the leftover army listener out there that just like they see a picture of Ezra Miller. They they just see a picture. They've never seen this guy in any fucking movie before. Yeah, they're gonna toss it. But watch him in Perks of Being a Wallflower. He is a he's a good and up and coming actor. He is. He's a good up and coming actor. And uh, you know, it doesn't matter if he's gay, straight, whatever the fuck. The kid's a good fucking actor. I'm gonna give you know I'm gonna give it a taste it as far as the casting goes. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna give it a chance because he is a good actor. He's got to be excited to move on from doing the kind of indie stuff he was doing to right. this huge, big budget like exactly, production. exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. I don't. You know what? Whatever. Hey, hey, D, Dave, if DC was looking at this as a PR move, just to fucking look good in the graces of the LBGT community, you know what? Uh, if that's all they were looking at it for, on the flip side of that, even if that was their fucking motive, they still made a good choice as far as an actor. Absolutely. Concerned. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I hope that's not just the reason. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? No, I, I'm just, I'm just saying that it's. It, it's a good choice because they they had yeah. they needed to gain back some ground with uh, a, a I think a very substantive uh, comic book loving community. And, yeah, you know they needed to do that. So yeah. that's good. All right, Warner Brothers Pictures and New Line Cinema uh, will release a slate of at least ten movies. Okay, here we go. No, I'm going to talk about this. Uh, moving on, moving on, because I'm repeating myself. David Ayer is confirmed as the director of Suicide Squad. David Goyer has been developing the Suicide Squad movie since late last year. At the time, the plan was to make Suicide Squad a lower budget production, coming in at around $40 million. <laughs> but the latest report doesn't mention a price tag. Uh, Zack Snyder. Oh, yeah. Uh, as long as we're uh, confirming directors, Zack Snyder was signed on for Justice League. But it was also confirmed that he signed on for Justice League 2. Oh, jeez. It was also noted that this is a two-part Justice League film. The film in 2017 is part one, and 2019 is part two. This is from the uh, the official press release. Justice League part one, directed by Zack Snyder with Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, and Amy Adams, reprising their roles from... And then... Justice League Part 2 is going to be directed by Zack Snyder, which comes out in 2019. Wow, just two years. That's quick. Two more years. Yeah, they're not doing the whole Marvel three-year wait mm-hmm. between these movies. 
So holy shit, Zack Snyder's doing both Justice League Part 1 and Part 2. And I thought Man of Steel 2 also. But, you know, it's I guess that's up in the air at this point. Speculation at this point. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, well, we all thought that uh, Batman v Superman was Man of Steel Part 2, which is not the case. Yeah. This yeah. is the uh, – this is pre-Justice League. Mm-hmm. You know? All right, guys. There's no mention of Flash, Aquaman, Cyborg, Green Lantern, or even Wonder Woman for ma- uh, for that matter in the first Justice League movie. You know, we got uh, Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, Amy Adams mentioned, but none of them. If I had to guess, I would say that I think that the first Justice League movie is going to be the Trinity, and maybe like they throw in like you know Aquaman and like uh, Cyborg. Yeah. Then in 2019, like I said, they involved the Flash and Green Lantern. Um, I just, it's like, it's weird. Like for Batman v Superman, they're throwing everything but the kitchen sink in. But then for Justice League, they're going to scale back. You know, it's just, it's, it's weird the way they're. Yeah. The the only reason I'm thinking this though, and guys tell me if this makes any sense, is the fact that we get Justice League part one in 2017. And then in 2018, we got our Flash movie with Ezra Miller, a young guy, which I think could be a origin story. Yeah, do, do you see what I, I, that? That's my I, reasoning. I, that's, I agree. Yeah. And then we're not going to get that. We're not going to get that Green Lantern movie until 2020. Yeah, but I, f- I feel like we'll still see Cyborg probably in the Justice League movie. Right? We've got to see Cyborg in that first Justice League movie because they're introducing Ray Fisher in Batman v Superman. Yeah, that's exactly my logic too. And Aquaman, feasibly, we've heard rumors that we're going to see him in Batman v Superman. He's going to be in Batman v Superman, and so you figure he'd be in the first Justice League movie. Like it's got, I think it'll be more than the core three. I think it's going to be more than the Trinity, but limited capacity as to like what those other two are going to play. I, I and then I think we're going to get that amazing scene uh, in Justice League Part Two where we've got you know Flash and Green Lantern involved. Then at oh, that definitely. point in time, I wouldn't be surprised if we see those two meet up in one of their respective movies before Justice League Two. Right. All right, guys. Uh, are you guys kind of blown away? We're getting a fucking Aquaman movie. Yeah, it is hard to believe. Dave, Aquaman movie thoughts. Um, I am a huge Aquaman fan. I named my son Triton because I am a huge fan. I, that was the first character that I, the, the first action figure I bought for my son was the DC direct Aquaman character. Um, I'm just a huge fan of that character in general and, Jason fucking Momoa is playing him. Uh, how can you go wrong? It's confirmed now. Yep. Yeah. Finally. I mean, yeah, everybody, fine. we knew, yeah. but I mean, it's finally confirmed. So, yeah. Um, we've been told that 2018's uh, Aquaman is going to be starring Jason Momoa. Um, the Twitter page, Aquaman Shrine, they're acting like they've been tipped off who the characters and villains in that movie will be, and they tweeted this on October 15th. Did you guys hear about this? Mm-mm. All right. This is what Aquaman Shrine tweeted on October 15th. Quote, we've been told that 2018's Aquaman starring Jason Momoa will also feature Mira, Orm, Black Manta, and the Trench. 
Wow, the trench in the movie right mm-hmm. away. I know. Huh. All right, guys. So, I mean, I we have no reason to believe this. No. Who the fuck are their sources? No, it's just a fucking tweet. But, okay, let's go over these characters. Mira, the former queen of Dimension Aqua, queen of Atlantis, and the wife of Aquaman. Mira has also been a uh, Mira also has a twin sister named uh, Hyla. Orm Marius, of course, is the Ocean Master, a high-tech pirate who initially attacked ships but quickly moved on to causing natural disasters in order to hold the world at ransom. He fights with a magic he fights with magic using magical bolts and telepathy. Uh, in the New 52, he uses a trident that can summon lightning and a helmet that allowed him to control massive amounts of water to the effects of a tsunami. Hmm. Black Manta. Yeah. My favorite Aquaman villain. Black Manta's suit is specifically designed to adapt to an oceanic environment. It allows him complete resistance to the cold and pressure of the deep sea conditions. It is unknown at this time how far down the suit can travel underwater and still function, and thus grants him a level of superhuman durability and strength. And then finally, like you said, Jake, the Trench. Yeah. A carnivorous race of underwater creatures that he battles in his first story arc in the New 52 that was written by Jeff Johns and the art was by Arvin Rice. Guys, I mean, are you excited about that? Holy fuck! Yeah, yeah, Aquaman's not my wheelhouse, but I, I like jason momoa a lot and i'm excited to see how this goes i love movies that take place in the water and so i i I can't wait to see a big action adventure movie is the water not fucking scary yeah the water is scary it's unknown man i mean the like the fucking ocean is like the closest thing to an alien world that we have on our planet there are fucking creatures in the depths of the ocean that i'm sure that we haven't even discovered yet the ocean is a scary motherfucking place yeah Right? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Can they make a fun yet scary Aquaman movie? And I, I think they nailed the casting. And I laughed at Jay <laughs> when Jay was on the cast. And Jay said, you know, uh, I, I was always envisioning a, you know, a blonde haired, blue eyed Aquaman. Mm-hmm. And Jay said, uh, you know, Jason Momoa is Aquaman. And I laughed at him. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I laughed at him, and they did it, and now I totally get it because yeah. he's a badass. And if you want to make, if you want to make Aquaman relevant to today's audience, you got to get somebody in there who's a badass. You can't, you can't cast somebody who's not a badass in that role. How can you not take Momoa seriously? Exactly, and, and deadly. Exactly, exactly, dude. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna laugh at Momoa in his face and be like, "You're Aquaman," because he, he's gonna bitch slap me, right? Yeah, he'll make you eat a fucking seahorse hog or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, dude. So, I mean, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't speak for like this Aquaman Shrine Twitter account. But if what they're saying is true, that these are the characters that we're gonna get in the first Aquaman movie, I'm fucking excited. Yeah, the trench, I can a carnivorous trench, race right? of fucking. You know, underwater sea creatures in this movie? Oh my god. 
Seriously, that's scary. That makes the ocean scary as <laughs> fuck. That's that's the Aquaman movie I want to see. I, yeah, I don't want to see the fucking snorks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to see under the sea. Under the sea. No, I want to mm-hmm. see the fucking ocean be a scary ass motherfucking place. Right? Am I right? Uh, yeah. So, so who, who's your dream cast? We, 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 we have these rumored characters. Who's your, and if you're not familiar with the characters, I'm not trying. Yeah, to. yeah. I, I'm going to have a hard time dream casting Aquaman the movie. So, okay. Sorry All about right. That. So, Mira. Who's your dream cast? Uh, Isla Fisher from Now You See Me. Okay. Uh, she was in. <laughs> um, she was in the Wedding Crashers. Oh, okay. The the the. Yes, I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think she'd be great. All right. I don't know, dude. Um, yeah, I. Um. Eric from True Blood, that show I don't watch, um, would be Orm. Oh, Alexander Skarsgård. Absolutely. He would be who? Orm, his oh. brother who's jealous of him. Oh, them. shit, dude. Nice. Nice. Okay, my Mira, I don't know her name. I think her last name's Headley, the chick from um, fucking Game of Thrones. Oh, Lena. Yeah, Lena, Lena, Lena Headley. Lena Headley. Yeah. She would be my Good Mira. Good choice. Good choice. She yeah. would be my Mira. Um, dude, I'm totally with you with fucking Alexander Skarsgård, who actually at one time was rumored to be Aquaman. That's why it would be great because it would be very meta that like he's, you know, he's jealous of, yeah. the, of Arthur. Yeah, it would be right. a great pair up against Momoa too, like those two at odds with each other. I like that casting. I like that casting. Now, who would you cast as Black Banta? Hmm, your boy. Black Mana is older than Arthur. Okay. Who are you going with? The Equalizer, man. Denzel? Come on, man. Dude, okay, I was thinking Denzel too, but on mm-hmm. the flip side, I still want to see him as uh, T'Challa's father. Ah, uh, okay. No, 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 no. I don't want to steal T'Challa's no. father away. No, 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 no. But, man, I can't, I can't argue with you, dude. I can't argue with you though. Well, let me let me Denzel let me, would be the shit. Let me go let's see. Let's think a little outside the box. Idris Elba. <laughs> it's always goddamn Oh Idris Elba. no, come on, it's not always Idris Elba. <laughs> but he needs to be in a fucking comic book movie. Am I right or am I right? No, you're right. <laughs> he wasn't wasn't he in the Thor movie? Oh yeah, he's Heimdall. <laughs> but no, doesn't count. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, seriously, he wears a helmet yeah. the whole time. He can't even see. Right. Him. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh yeah, Dave. I, I'm, I'm kids out Lost there. Out like kids out there can't wait to get their Heimdall figure. <laughs> oh, I've got my Heimdall Funko Pop figure prominently displayed. I'm sure they do. Right. I'm sure they do. He watches over me at all times. You can see everywhere. <laughs> um, let's see. So that's what that's what he is under the costume. I'm I'm so Aquaman blind. He's like a forty something year old African American male. Well, he's drawn differently, but there's definitely I don't know maybe maybe a closer aged actor. Hmm. Um. Ooh. What about Tyson Beckford? What's he from? Tyson Beckford. Uh, he he is an actor. And 
I would hope so. Um, uh, Tyson Beckford, he's he's a janitor. He's a he's a plumber, and he works at Rotor Rooter down on uh, Maine. Looks the part, though. He looks the part, though. (laughs) I I know the guy. Uh, He's good, man. He's always unclogged my drains. (laughs) That could have got dirty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't recognize him. What's he from, man? Let's see what he's been in lately. Hmm. I'm not a celebrity. Tyson Beckford, what have you done for us lately? Yeah, no. Maybe not so hot. Maybe not a maybe not a great kiss. <laughs> oh, sh- should I do it? Yeah, yeah. Should I do it? Yeah. Alright. <laughs> he's in post production on Chocolate City. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh he was in Biker Boys, Into the Blue. <laughs> Zoolander? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> all right, Dave. All right. You've lost all credibility on this episode. He's no Idris. I, 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 Guys. I, I said Denzel. That wasn't good enough. Denzel was pretty good. <laughs> Denzel's pretty good. But see, like, yeah, me and Jake, I think we're still holding that hope that he's going to play, like, fucking the Black Panther's father and shit in a fucking Black Panther movie. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Maybe Jay-Z could play him. Yeah, there you go. That'd be awesome. Can Jay Z act? Jay Z can do anything. Damn it! <laughs> well, yeah, dude, he's he's banging Beyonce every night. So <laughs> why the fuck not? It's good to dude. be Jay Z. Yeah, he can make styling clothes for uh, Black Manta. <laughs> All right, guys. So David Ayer, the director of Fury, which I fucking uh, I Tupperware that shit. He's confirmed to direct Suicide Squad, and now we're getting rumors that the Hollywood Reporter is saying that there are different actors that are being courted to star in the movie already, and some of those names are Ryan Gosling, hmm. Will Smith, Tom Hardy, and Margot Robbie. Okay, guys, I, last week, I went over some of the characters that they were rumored to have being cast in a Suicide Squad movie. Mm-hmm. Do these names really add up with some of those characters that I actually went over last week? Margot Robbie? Does she, does she sound like any character that I named last week? No. No, she doesn't. Margot Robbie, she sounds like Harley Quinn to me. Yeah, that lineup that you said they were talking about? Yeah. Man, there are so many better characters Absolutely. in the Suicide Squad than – the people that they were naming off Latino review. It was Latino review. Yeah. And I'm not saying Latino review isn't spot on I, on a lot of things. Well, I know. I mean, they get a lot of scoops, but it, Margot Robbie is not anybody that we talked about last week. The, 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 the I can't even remember the character's name, but the chick that controls animals. No. Come on. She's <laughs> fucking, if she's going to play anybody, it's Harley Quinn. No, no, yeah, like no, Captain Boomerang. Like, do you really need Captain Boomerang in, in, a, in no, a major movie? You don't need Captain. No, no. That lineup of villains was not correct. The the Harley Quinn thing, how do you not do Harley Quinn? Come on. Well, and if you're going to cast Margot, if she's in talks, Margot Robbie, she's got to be Harley Quinn. Come on. Where's she from? Uh, The Wolf on Wall Street. Oh, gotcha. She was the main female lead in Wolf on Wall Street. She was phenomenal in that movie. Mm -hmm. Beautiful blonde. I have still not seen that. Oh, it's, it's... one of the 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dave's <laughs> pounding his chest like Matthew McConaughey. Oh, my God. That Sorry, not, that, not good for the podcast audience. I no, apologize. that's why I gave them a visual. You know, but it, it's... It, <laughs> but, but, but that movie was... Uh, it's, Okay, is Scorsese losing it in his older age? Probably. Fuck, no, he's not. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street was amazing, you son of a bitch. Wolf of Wall Street was one of the best movies I saw last year. Yeah, I, I bet uh, T.J. Lamb hated that with all the fucks. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> I think I think T.J. Lamb's the opinionated motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, this is a horrible movie. They they are they are saying fuck far too much. Oh, they did. That was like the movie that took like that 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 movie uh, like that that's got New the record. record. Yep. That's the record for the most f bombs in a movie. Absolutely. It beat another Scorsese movie, right? Wasn't Goodfellas yeah. the, the holder? So who's your King Shark? King Shark. Mm-hmm. That's a damn good question. Yeah, Number is one, is King Shark going to be all CGI? Hmm. Or is it, it's a it's a good character to CGI, no doubt about it. Yeah. No, I th- but I think you could do it with a beefy guy with practical effects. You know, on the on the how, top part. Yeah. How many mm. Dave Batistas are out there, though, Dave? Hmm. Ooh, what about uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley? Paul, whatever. Oh, that's terrible. No, how dare you say? <laughs> I love me some Triple H. Authority all the way. Oh, he's terrible. <laughs> he's terrible. This now the whole Blade Four thing makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Jaden Smith is Blade. <laughs> oh God. All right, guys. King Shark, I don't know. I really don't know. I love King Shark, but I, I couldn't tell you an actor who I'd want to play him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it could be a voiceover. Right. Yeah. Who, who do you want to play Brainiac in the Justice League movie? Everybody's saying Benedict Cumberbatch. Jeez. They always say that. I know. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody. Everybody's saying Benedict Cumberbatch. Who do I want to see play? Okay, when Benedict Cumberbatch can't play the role, who do you want to play? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Dreamcasting? Are yeah. you saying Dreamcasting? Yep. Okay, he's been rumored as another character in a su- in a Marvel superhero film. I'd want to see Joaquin Phoenix play Brainiac. No, all fucking day. Yeah, excellent it's not choice. gonna happen. But that's who I'd want to see. Excellent choice. It is an excellent choice. I think he'd be better as fucking Brainiac than he would be Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And and, yeah. and that's a movie where he could be in just one movie and then bounce the fuck out. Damn right. Who's yeah. your brainiac, Jake? Nah, I don't have a Dreamcaster brainiac. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I'm I'm terrible at Dreamcasting too. Oh, all right. But um, and, and just yeah, the DC stable. I'm just not as familiar with as the Marvel and everything. Gotcha. But yeah, brainiac. It's it's going to be like an effect too, right? For the most part. Dave, if you say Please. Keanu fucking Reeves again, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bitch slap you, dude. <laughs> yeah, we're no, he's 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 uh, he's often been portrayed as just a, a humanoid with you know three little like a Novacore symbol gotcha. on his head. You know, gotcha. I'm, yeah. I'm gotcha. Who yeah, would you so. go with, man? Um, Brad Pitt. Whoa, no shit. Yep. Like, have you ever seen Meet Joe Black? Yes. Yeah. He could do it. Okay. And I I think he would love to like get, throw his hat in the ring with everybody who's bragging about their superhero movies. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'd like to see. Dude did World War Z. Why the fuck not? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a big fan of that guy. Yeah. Yeah, That's interesting. When are we going to get Brainiac as a villain? Man of Steel 2. Yeah. I I think they said, 
um, the Man of Steel, wasn't it? No, 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 no. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. They're talking about doing fucking uh, Brainiac is going to be the villain for Justice yeah, League. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Justice that's League. Justice League. Yeah. That's what they're talking about. Everybody was talking Dark Side, but I think they're pulling back. They're pulling back and they're going to go Brainiac. Brainiac's a good warm up. Brainiac's a good warm up. And then I'm thinking like Doomsday for fucking uh, Man of Steel 2. That's, that's what I'm thinking. They have to adapt the Doomsday stuff. Absolutely. I, just, I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but it's like the biggest selling Superman comic, right? And they're going to adapt that. Right, and and they've updated it too in the new Fifty Two with uh, the Doomed crossover they just completed. Guys, okay, so we got some like names that were thrown out of some actors uh, that could be in this uh, Suicide Squad movie. All right, let's try to break them down. Let's try to figure out like you know who do these characters equal in this Suicide Squad film? Um, Ryan Gosling. Who do you think that Ryan Gosling would play? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the Suicide Squad characters. I'm just so unfamiliar with them. Yeah, okay, is it's the Captain Boomerang and all those people? Captain Boomerang. You've got Deadshot, King Shark, Deathstroke is now a member in the new Fifty Two. Black figure. Manta is now a member in the new Fifty Two. Guys, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say this is my. This is who I think. Ryan Gosling is Deadshot. I'm, well, if, if they have him grow the big handlebar mustache that Deadshot rocks, I would, that's worth my price of admission right there. I'm thinking Ryan Gosling is Deadshot. I'm thinking Will Smith is Black Manta. I'm thinking Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. And, um, Tom Hardy. Who do you think Tom Hardy could be? King Shark? <laughs> so now when you cat, when, when you say Will Smith is Black Manta, that means he'll be in the Aquaman movie too, right? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yes, I'm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the 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 way that they need to do these movies is some of these villains, not all of them, but some of these villains need to show up in the solo movies, and then they need to be brought to justice, and then we need to cast an Amanda Waller that will bring them all together. In a Suicide Squad movie. Dave, what are you thinking? Well, uh, Bane was a member of the Suicide Squad for a while. Oh, come on. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> come on. We gotta leave the Nolan trilogy out of this. Oh, dude. You gotta, it's a self-contained universe. Give come me on. More Bane. No, I know, I know, I know, but you gotta leave Bane out of this. You gotta leave Bane out of oh, this. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that is funny though. Um, no, uh, the Bronze Tiger is played by Michael Jai White on the Arrow program. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to bring one actor over from the CW universe, man, Michael Jai White, Spawn himself is the dude to do it. Yeah, but I, I think that I think that they're going to keep the TV and the film universe separate. I know. I'm just a big black dynamite Because if fan. you're saying that Barry Allen's going to be played by Ezra Miller – and then Grant Gustin is already Barry Allen. I mean, that totally, yep. you know what I mean? It's definitely flawed logic. Yeah. Where does this movie plug in? 
to the um, like where in between how many Justice Leagues will have come out by the time we see a Suicide Squad? All right, let's go through that list again. So we've got uh, the first uh, the Suicide Squad movie is actually coming out in 2016. Though. Yeah, I thought it was early. It's the That's second. Weird. It's the second movie. It's coming out after Batman v Superman. We're not going to get that Justice League movie until 2017, the summer of 2017. So that's bizarre. That is bizarre. You would think this would be the sixth or seventh movie down the line. Yeah, and it's not like we got an announcement of a Suicide Squad 2 anywhere in between there. Yeah, which, I mean, if Suicide Squad makes a shit ton of money, they'll, they'll announce it after that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, they will, you know. It'll be a trilogy. It'll always have meant to be. <laughs> all right guys so i don't know dave you got anything else you're a bust aren't you no i i, I want killing me now i want harley quinn in a movie so i hope you're right okay yeah margot I, robbie is harley, harley yeah, quinn she'd be great all right all right guys uh could we be seeing a female robin in batman v superman according to an extra that was on set we could by the way it should be noted that the extra might get hit with a $5 million fine for breaking his confidentiality agreement with Warner Brothers. Awesome. Here's the article from The Wrap. A Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice extra revealed major plot details of Warner Brothers' upcoming Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill superhero movie during an interview with a local news station. The individual risks a $5 million fine for breaching the confidentiality agreement required by those who work on the film. Interest is high in Detroit, Michigan, where the highly anticipated movie has been shooting. On the condition that he stay anonymous, the source broke his confidentiality agreement and spilled what he knew for WILX 10 News, the area NBC affiliate. Reporter Kirk Montgomery reveals several details he's learned about the movie. At the top of the list is his source's confirmation that Robin, a.k.a. Carrie Kelly from The Dark Knight Returns will be female and played by Hunger Games Catching Fire actress Jenna Malone, which I want to point out that THR guys has now confirmed that Jenna Malone is in fact in the movie, Mm -hmm. but her role is unknown. The actress has been spotted on the set in Detroit. Additionally, the scene being shot at an art museum on the Michigan State University campus involves a fight between Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor, played by Jesse Eisenberg. The source also says that there will be a pyrotechnics-like fireworks, paparazzi covering the event, and heavy special effects, and the physical altercation between Bruce and Lex will involve the military. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, it's... um. You know, we hear so much influence from um, the Frank Miller stuff from Zack Snyder about this movie that it's not surprising to me that we're getting her as a female Robin. Like, that's completely in the wheelhouse. Is that what you want to see from Rob? Is this the Robin that you want to see in this movie? Or, I mean, do you want to see Jason Todd or Tim Drake? Or do you want to see Dick Grayson as Nightwing? I mean, is this the first Robin that you want to see in this new you know, DCU. It's a really great way for them to distance themselves from the Nolan trilogy. If you want separate universes and well, want- we didn't even get in the Nolan trilogy. All we got was a guy whose name was 
Robin. <laughs> right, but I mean it really definitively states Oh fuck yeah, you know, it totally like, separates Hey, it. this is this is a whole new ball game when you've got, you know, Carrie Kelly, you know, on screen in front of the world as Yeah, you're Dave, Robin. but come on, man. Jason Todd. Tim Drake. Damien. Come on. We'll probably see that stuff in the Batman solo movie, I would think, right? The- Nightwing. Guys. I mean, I'm not opposed to this, well, but I mean, is this, is this, is this, I mean, guys. Don't, 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 wouldn't you agree that there's been a pattern of very questionable choices? You know, so this is, this isn't surprising by any means. It's a, of all of the characters you're going to choose from. Right. You know, I mean, if you're going to do a female Robin, fuck, throw Stephanie Brown in there. That's a far more interesting character. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I don't. I don't see the point of getting upset about individual castings for this movie at this point because it's it's going to be such a mixed bag. Um, I, I'm you know the the Gal Gadot casting right with a, a waif as the Amazonian princess right and, Eisenberg yeah you know so I just think we got to roll with it. Jenna Malone's a great actress right and uh, hopefully she'll make the most of it. No, God, no! I would much rather see Jason Todd, without okay. a doubt. Okay, but, I, yeah, I, I, guys, I'm just playing devil's advocate right now. Yeah, I, it, I, I'm trying to be the voice of like your Marvel uh, DC fanboy. As a DC fanboy, um, uh, who is uh, slightly recovering from the New Fifty Two, right? Um, what they've done with the Robins has been so confusing. Absolutely, one of the biggest missteps of the New Fifty Two. Yeah. That I could totally see where they'd be like, let's generate interest in one of the Robins that still makes sense. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, because we haven't figured out this Robin mess at the moment. It, it, Carrie Kelly's – that's a safe choice. It makes sense. It does make sense because, I mean, you know, a lot of what we're hearing about this movie is it's going to be based on Dark Knight Returns. So it does make sense. Does it mean that we won't see Jason Todd? Does it mean that we won't see Tim Drake? Does it mean that we won't see Damien? No, I don't think so. You barely see Tim Drake in the new 52. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think we'll still very well see these characters. I think there's a really good chance we're going to see Damien in a Batman movie for some reason. And it's not even confirmed that Jenna Malone's going to be playing Carrie. So it's it's not confirmed. Yeah, I've seen people saying that maybe she's even playing the Joker. Are you here? Are you serious? Yeah, I, I read that somewhere today. Oh, uh, so I, yeah, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's definitely. But my point is, is that you're right. It's not confirmed that she's playing the Robin. All we know is this extra is saying that that's what's up. So right, <laughs> man, trend the line between brave and stupid. Yeah, what's busting that, that out what's as that? A, as an extra, and you know, oh. an actor who's just trying to get his shot in Hollywood, and you're gonna break a confidentiality agreement like that. Yeah, <laughs> guys, uh, Batman solo, uh, Batman solo film has been confirmed as well as a Man of Steel sequel. Uh, you just brought up the Joker, so my question to you before we wrap up this show, and we're gonna wrap up the show after this thought is. Joker, who can follow at this point? We've got two great Jokers. You know what? We've got three great Jokers. Yeah, Fuck throw it. Hamill in there. Well, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to throw Hamill in there. Mark Hamill, absolutely. 
I just watched Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. The best part of that movie is Mark Hamill. Anyway, I just watched that yesterday on fucking IFC. Oh, yeah, and four and throw Cesar Romero in there. I'm going to throw uh, Vincent Price. Oh. Was it? No. No, Cesar Romero. I'm thinking of the uh, Egghead. Yeah. Yeah, Cesar Romero. He was fucking great. Um, and then Jack Nicholson. Yeah, and Heath Ledger. Those are our And four. then Heath Ledger. Fantastic. Guys, who could be the next Joker? Who's your next Joker? Oh, my gosh. That's, that's a really hard dream cast. I have no idea. I'm going to say Anson Mount. Oh, shut the <laughs> fuck up. Now you're just, no. Now I don't know. I don't now know you're just being Now you're just being an asshole because that's my fucking, that was my Doctor Strange. I have no idea, though. I don't, how do you follow up Heath Ledger and Jack Nicholson? I mean, I didn't even think Heath Ledger could follow up right. Jack Nicholson until I saw it. Dave, who would be your next Joker? I mean, we've heard, we've heard rumors of, like, Adrian Brody. Hmm. What do you think about that? Um, in the interest of jumping ship, um, Tom Hiddleston. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Dreamcasting, then, yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, that would definitely be my, if I could just pick anybody and see them sink their teeth into a role. With what he's done with Loki, I can only right. imagine what he would bring with Joker. I'm either going to get your... I, Dave, I am either going to get your, like, uh, you know, 100% like, uh, fuck yeah, Brian, you are on target, or you're going to be like, Brian, you're out of your fucking mind. Here is my Joker casting. Doctor Who, Matt Smith. Wow. I'm probably going to have to go with a uh, fuck yeah, Brian. That's that's a really awesome choice. Because uh, he's so cuddly and... He reminds Bumbly. me of the new 52 Joker. Yeah. Oh, man. You fucking Matt Smith with his face stapled on. That's what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That would be great. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want you to just, like, agree with me. No, no, I no. want you to be like. No, I, I like, was like, I was like, uh, I don't know. If do you think we're going to see a uh, staple face Joker in the next movie? Incarnation? Dude, that would be great. And yeah. with Matt Smith? Matt Smith. Perfect. That's like when I look at those covers and when I when I read like Death of the Family and shit like that. I picture Matt Smith Damn, as that right. Joker. That'd be great. Yeah. That's Just who I picture. In the fucking jumpsuit. With yes. The K and the R's. Right. Stenciled in. That'd be great. Right. Yeah. And, and guys, by all means, Matt Smith is not my favorite Doctor Who. No, no. I, not but, mine either. But, exactly. But yeah, like he's he's perfect. For he's that Joker. Really perfect. For that iteration of the Joker. Yep. I think he's perfect. Yeah, you win. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get Joker right away in the first Batman standalone film, though. I really don't. I mean, I'd be shocked by that. <laughs> Everybody else is in it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I get that. Throw him in there. It's true. He'll be in the first Justice League movie before <laughs> right. the Batman him, movie. Him and Lex Luthor will be chilling, smoking cigars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think this is episode 63, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? Fuck it. Yeah. Hey, thank you guys for uh, letting me flex those uh podcasting muscles no i want to thank you i want to thank you for like uh for filling in this week that was awesome and, and you know what you're invited to come back anytime you want to 
Oh, thank you. I, I, even I miss Frank, so I, don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I am no hammer time. Let May, me tell no, you. Well, no, no. Maybe we need to have a crossover. We we, we need to. We I need to see worlds collide. I need oh, to see. God. I need to see a domesticated Dave slash Frank Hammer episode. Oh, that just, would be amazing. I, well, that would be. Amazing. I don't play video games, and he doesn't read comic books. Like, if, what, what the fuck are we going to talk about? If you are not recording next week, Dave, for Soda Pop's comic cast. You need to come back and you need to record with Frank Hammer. You need to work things out with the misses and you need to come back and you need to record. Oh, yeah, this. man. I'm I'm going to get so hollered at when I get home. Oh, <laughs> man. All right. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it's it Saturday up. Saturday night. Where the fuck have you been? <laughs> all right, guys. We're going to wrap it up. And just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Later, y'all. Peace. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard, and we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David, and thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. Ready like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and it's all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it toss it, good it taste Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over counterculture pushovers Pop culture Leftovers Cool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers, podcasts that are original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Toss it, good it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Security.
Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't embrace it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Leftovers.